0: This is a podcast about cinematic oddies, where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm
1: Zach. And I do not want to work at Home Depot! <laughs> I had to go with that. The great John Lovitz and his great delivery of that line, which I cannot do justice to. Uh, because I'm not John Lovitz, if anybody did not know. I had to go with that over, I'm prairie Doggin' it. But at the same time, I wanted to say this exact sentence to get, I'm prairie Doggin' it, right here at the beginning of this episode. I want to kick things off with a bang. We are talking about probably the last part of the 2001 Fort Year that Rob has been really excited for, and it's a doozy. We are discussing Rat Race. I think, like I said, I want to kick it into high gear can I throw forward my contender for best joke in this movie? Because there's a lot of jokes. There's a lot of really funny things, and I might be giving my uh, my my love for this movie away. But near the beginning of the film, when our two brothers are introduced, uh, Seth Green and Vince Velouf, I believe his name is, who should have been played by Ike Barinholtz, one of my biggest complaints of this movie, um, they... Are trying to scam a casino for insurance money by slipping, falling down, and suing them. Uh, Their plan goes wrong, and an old lady falls down an escalator. And after this lady reaches the bottom of the escalator, and you know everybody kind of bystanders run up to say, "Oh my God!" You know, are you okay? A woman wearing an entirely red suit runs into frame and says, "I'm I'm a lawyer, Gloria Allred."
2: Gloria Allred. What the hell happened here? Well,
3: she slipped on that glass.
2: Those arrogant jerks. They're going to pay for this. They're going to pay through the nose. How's your neck? I've never seen such negligence. This is going to be huge.
1: Her last name is Allred, and she's wearing all red. But now, that's not the best joke in the movie. That's the setup for my favorite joke in the movie. When Wayne Knight hits Rowan Atkinson with his ambulance... <laughs> You get a cutaway to Gloria Allred going, I just saw everything. I'll be down in a second. And Wayne Knight goes, Gloria Allred.
2: (laughs) Taxi! Taxi! Not good. Not
3: good.
1: No, 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 no.
2: No, 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 no. Don't move! Stay there! I saw the whole thing! Right down. Oh,
1: shit. Gloria Allred. And it might be the dopest joke in the history of humanity. I lose my mind every time I see that section of the movie where Wayne Knight knows who Gloria Allred is. Uh, Zach, do, would you like to just unabashedly agree, or do you have something to put forward as the best joke in Rat Race 2001?
0: The Gloria Allred joke is like. Oh God, has she been relevant for the last decade? No, like, no, not at all. <laughs> like that's what I mean is that like that is such a specific like joke in time, and like I, the the idea of dressing her in all red is kind of funny too. Like that's <laughs> yes. like it's, it's a yes. nice touch, but like that is such a a god a joke of the like nineties and 2000s. Well, like, well I, I think there's that's there's nobody why I... in the last ten years that'd be like because Gloria Allred's almost like. Oh God! Like a hat. she's almost like Al Sharpton level.
1: Well, sure, but I think I think that's why I love it so much is because it is so entrenched in the time, but oh, yeah. also timeless. That you just have someone like even if you don't know who Gloria Allred is, her last name's Allred. She's wearing all red. Somebody else knows her. Like like there's there's a both a timed and timelessness to that joke that makes it so immaculate to me. <laughs>
0: I, okay, fair, but I, I have to think. I i think of her as the individual before just the, the visual gag sure. having her dress to reflect her namesake. Fair, but I, I saw it more as a dated joke than anything else, which is kind uh... of the... I think Rob is not gonna like my opinion on this movie.
1: Oh, I think God. Just... <laughs> Oh no. Well, well. Before we get into that, I want to know did, what what do you think is? Is, is you saw that as more timed than timeless? What do you have a contender for uh, best joke in this movie? Oh
0: God! Ironically or unironically?
1: Well, I I don't know. You you choose whichever one you think should be put forth to the uh, the cinema audience. Okay. To me, you know. <laughs>
0: the, the, the cinema audience, indeed. Okay. The John Cleese stuff at the very beginning with him is Donald Sinclair (laughs) and the, and the reference to what his name is, which I find, which is like really like a deep cut John Cleese reference, um, which we'll get into in a moment, but. That whole thing is the beginning, where he's explaining to them like kind of the the plot of the movie, that that is amusing. And the fact that he just fires off a gun, I've always find him. Am- I found amusing. Like, well, we'll get into context. Uh, when you
1: this. say "go," what what do you, do you just mean "go"? And he's like, "Oh, begin, uh, you know, commence." Uh, oh, oh, Jesus! And he shoots the gun. There are
2: no rules. Go. Go. So, now, when you say go, you mean, just go? Uh, be- begin, commence, uh, start moving. You see, theoretically, you have been racing for about 40 seconds and so far, Mr. Schaefer is winning because he's nearest to the door. <sighs>
3: <sighs> ah! hey, hey! Oh, <laughs> a race! A
1: race! John Cleese is wonderful in this movie. (laughs) He's – yes.
0: There's a lot of just like historical context to his relationship with this movie that has to be discussed. Like it's like one of three like ironclad pieces of like IMD trivia that you can find anywhere regarding this movie. Unironically, he's probably my favorite part of the movie. Ironically, the fact that the movie ends in a Smash Mouth concert, like (laughs) I literally just want to like – like, oh, God, Roundhouse kicked the Blu-ray out of my house at that point. Oh, like I knew...
1: it's so contrived, and I love <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> isn't it, like, in, like, really, when you distill it, isn't it insane that there's three major Hollywood pictures that used All-Star as, like, their theme?
1: Yeah, it's insane that that's the case, and it's insane that this is not the one it's remembered for.
0: <laughs> but this is the thing, is that, like, okay, this is the hit, and Rob's the music person, like... Smash Mouth's All-Star was written as, like, a promotional theme for Ben Stiller's Mystery Men in
1: 1999. And the music video directed by our favorite, uh, what-the-fuck-is-a, Mick G, includes (laughs) the actors from Mystery Men. That is a clear promotional tie-in, Absolutely.
0: Yes. Mystery Men is kind of a bomb, disappears off the face of the earth. Yes. This day is not, like, widely remembered. Um, occasionally it'll show up, like, during the anniversary of, like, a year it was released in.
1: Squeezes and then, in like, is a niche cult classic, I'd say. Very niche cult classic.
0: I, I won't even go that far, because nobody... Like, like, when you think of Ben Stiller, like, it's not even, like... Ben Stiller is beat the Parents, man. Like, like sure. when it comes to, like, mass sure. audiences. Like, Mystery Men, you'd be hard-pressed, like... Like I, I think we've talked about numerous times now the idea that like how Evil Dead Two has kind of like risen to the plateau beyond a cult classic where it's like like something that like people know now, mm. even if they've never seen it. Mystery men, like God, like I do not even know like that is below cult classic. Like I, I, I would,
1: that's, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm, that's why I'm obscure. saying. Niche, it's, it's very it's, obscure. Might be a better word. Absolutely. I don't think.
0: I, I think niche means it has an audience. Like obscure is in like you'd be hard pressed to find someone that knows what mystery men. <laughs> is.
1: Okay. Okay. No, that's actually a good point. When you phrase it that way, um, I'm thinking of you know you you explain mystery men to somebody and they think of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen.
0: <laughs> that's exactly exactly. It's weird. I,
1: I would say League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is more has more. Oh God.
0: Niche appeal than Mystery Men does. Yeah,
1: that's that's fair. That's fair. And I I think in terms of you know on this tangent of uh, of these movies, I I think I like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen better for what I've told Zach before. It's like yeah, let's team up a bunch of literary figures. You got the Bride of Dracula, the Invisible Man, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, like Captain Nemo from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. A lot of famous characters. Who else do we throw in? dorian gray from the picture of dorian gray and guess what he's the antagonist <laughs> it's one of Why the most not? wonderful decisions in movie making history
0: <laughs> that's another alan moore like adaptation that like nobody really understood and yeah. like yay the kids think this is popular let's throw some money at
1: absolutely it. absolutely um, but getting
0: back to smash mouth like you have all-star that's written for mystery men like Shrek picks it up as like a needle drop mm-hmm. yes. and that's how and that's how it's now remembered 20 years later as we discussed earlier in the fourth year and then you have rat race which was, Oh god, a a ripple. Oh god, yeah, what, it a ripple an homage.
1: 2 to 3 months after Shrek, right? Yes,
0: yeah. And it's like in like what how would you describe Rat Race is it an homage or a rip off to It's a Mad 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 World?
1: Well, I'm glad you bring this up. I I was actually kind of uh hoping to discuss this with you. Something that I um was thinking about when I rewatched Rat Race for this recording, which might be the 10 billionth time I've seen this movie. I've also seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Is this the first soft reboot? No. What is before this in terms of Play soft of the re-
0: Apes. I, Do you want to make that argument. Well, that no, argue? we talked
1: about that's a reimagining. Yeah. Okay, this is okay, a so, I, Well, what's soft the difference reboot, between a soft, soft reboot and a reimagining?
0: I, that's a great question. We should ask Colin Trevorrow and J.J. Abrams <laughs> that
1: question. Nice. I like that. <laughs>
0: that's what i mean like soft reboot like reimagining like like what is it at the end of the day like like somebody please define the two because i think you're splitting yeah. hairs after a while sure sure. no this is this is this is, i would say this is a remake if anything it's, it's a contemporary remake if you really okay. want okay. to like part like, like parse the true meaning of all these words
1: a, a, a remake a a modern retelling that's what I put in my sure. notes because, um, sure. uh, you know, Mad Mad, it's a Mad Mad, Mad Mad world. I always had to make sure it's four Mads. Uh, that's 1963. That is a long mm-hmm. time ago, you know? So we're on the same level of that Planet of the Apes being brought back into the mainstream.
0: But in fact, but like you're not cashing in on like the clout of that
1: name. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so like you're taking the premise and you're just kind of like doing your own thing with
1: it. Well, now, now you're making me think that maybe this movie should have been called It's a Rat, 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 Rat Race. <laughs>
0: god damn it that's the director's cut is getting that, called that's
1: how the Baja men sing the opening theme song it's nothing but a we- fat rat race rat race rat
2: race rat race <laughs> and the button it says nothing life is nothing but a slap in the face life is nothing it's a nothing
0: life is nothing but a fat rat
3: race but it's nothing
0: that too. like that's like okay we'll, we'll get to that too because I'm you, cause this movie doesn't also things i find egregious and like maybe we don't like okay oh i know rob and i have talked about it a lot that like what happens in movies now ever since guardians of the galaxy is just like the the needle drops to just
1: yes. kind of, like, drag people into the, the movie. The useless and unimportant needle drops to, to put in the trailer to drag people into the movie. Um, of course, as both Zach and I know, Cruella is not at fault for this because it uses music no, in a very stop. certain— way okay, stop. I'm sorry. stop. That, that'll be stop. my one. That'll be my one for this episode. I had to throw it in there.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing. Like maybe, maybe James Gunn isn't as clever as we like to think he is. Or maniacal to each their own. Because, oh God, but getting back to Smash Mouth— <laughs> is that it's just so, like, that ending, like, I just, I hate it. Like, I, like, like okay, this is how I describe like, Rob, Rob clearly likes this movie. Uh, this I, I movie, would say
1: unabashedly love this movie. Fine, uh, it is fine. wonderfully dumb it is the incarnation of chaos i consider this one of the movies that falls into the category of looking into the eyes of satan and that's a compliment <laughs> that is a compliment i
0: think i think you're giving it too much credit with that sort of uh, description but this is how i would rate this when it comes to other cinematics things we've looked at like from like yesteryear so getting into context okay i've been aware of this movie for 20 years i've been aware of this movie ever since like the summer of 2001 i did not see it in theaters but I'm pretty sure the moment like it hit home video, like on Blockbuster, I rented it. I pretty much like always remembered every plot beat from this movie. I have a feeling I rented it a lot in the early 2000s because I never owned a copy of this. But I kind of had every plot beat like burned into my memory because even like sure. rewatching it for this recording, um, as Rob knows, as we've discussed off mic, I like, I pre-ordered this back in like March. I got it in May I deliberately held off, like, watching it because I wanted to, like, be, like, a pristine viewing in preparation for the fortnight – I'm sorry, fort-year recording. And, like, man, watching this movie, the best way to describe it is it's, like, the the equivalent of leaving a Capri Sun out in the sun for 20 (laughs) years and then drinking it. And that's what it felt like to me. Like, is it the worst thing in the world? No. But it was not a pleasurable experience.
1: Oh, it's what are you talking about, Zach? This movie is so much fun. This movie is like, I I, I feel like I'm somebody who has ADHD while I'm watching this movie.
0: <laughs> no. But, okay. I'm glad you said that because like there is like every – okay. Okay. This feel uh, this movie to me is in the same vein as when we discussed the Amanda show. To the point where like I'm almost disgusted at my younger self for enjoying this.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: that I I know we agreed on our feelings uh, with our our hatred for the Amanda show and how nonsensical and and dumb it was. This is dumb in a different way though. This is dumb in a chaotic, frantic way. That's
0: okay okay, I'm glad you said it, 'cause like I don't hate this movie. I don't hate it. I find I find it very unpleasant. We're we're talking
1: about Afro horse right? I don't know. <laughs> I, we, I probably, we both watched Afro horse eleven times for this recording. I don't right? know about you.
0: I watched about like ten minutes of the Grinch, then switched over <laughs> the Afro Horse. <laughs> but this is the thing One though. Of but the this things. is oh, okay, but uh, It for, says okay, in the no, morning
1: you watch the Grinch for ten minutes and then switch back to after horse
0: <laughs> okay but this is the thing where like i don't know if maybe i okay i knew every single joke in this movie like going into it like i knew yeah. where all the beats are and part of that problem is that like if you go back and look at the trailer which obviously is what hooked me on this movie 20 years ago every good joke is in the trailer
1: uh, uh well i have to push back on that immediately because the trailer is not the full movie what what do you mean every oh, good joke st- is in the trailer?
0: Because Afro Horse, John Cleese, like Rowan Atkinson, like like you're you're the most oh God. The stuff that I appreciate
1: the, the trailer is not a hundred minutes long. I don't I don't know what you're saying to me.
0: <laughs> That's the best part, is the trailer is not a hundred minutes long. <laughs> um no, like this is like every like every single character in this movie is either un unabashedly unlikable or just boring.
1: Uh, uh, boring. I don't think Every, I agree with unabashedly unlikable. That's kind of the point of the movie.
0: No, that's the thing. The only characters that are genuinely not okay. This is a double negative, but are not unlikable <laughs> is Brecken Meyer and Rowan Atkinson, and they are boring characters. Like poor Rowan Atkinson, you have Mister Bean, and they literally do nothing with him. Like they shot all of his scenes in the weekend.
1: Well, sure. He's he's I think he's the least utilized of our characters. and that
0: is a, and that is there is no reason, no reason at all that any other character or any actor in this movie should be given more screen time than Rowan Atkinson.
1: I, maybe I with the
0: exception of Whoopi Goldberg.
1: I'm, well, because okay, Whoopi yeah, is you bring Whoopi. Up a good a good Whoopi Goldberg, absolutely. And of course, you know we're coming on a
0: – Meyer and Amy Smart. Like, okay, I'll, I'll give you one thing. Amy Smart trying to kill Dean Kane is pretty funny with the helicopter. Like, oh my god, go,
1: god, I love like, that. scene. Like, like,
0: like as a piece of just like movie making, like the idea of having like a helicopter going down a residential street, like on a production level, I admire that. But it's something that's happening in a movie. I do not care what is happening in that sequence. It's pure chaos. It is pure chaos, and I'm glad you're acknowledging that. But, like, there's so much in this movie, like, that just feels horribly disconnected from everything else going on. Like, this is a movie that, like, I don't know what the furthest extreme of ADD is, but this movie has
1: it. That's where I disagree with you, is that I don't think this movie feels disconnected. This movie is the ADHD chaotic infernally frantic version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This is, you know, everything that I comes think that's together. I
0: think that's, that's too high of a compliment. That no, way too no. High of a compliment.
1: Okay, okay. We, well, uh, everybody in the cinema audience, get ready. If you have not realized this already, Zach and I are about to have a over-the-internet fight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, this is okay, but the, the, on the scale of cinema, cinemodity facts, brawls. I don't know what to call this, Cinemata Brawls.
1: Cinebrawls! Cinebrawls Cinema- is good. <laughs>
0: C- Cinema Brawl. Um, this is on the lesser tier because, like, I do not care about this movie. I'm disappointed in that, like, I was so like excited to rewatch this, and I'm just like, eh?
1: I think that eh. might push it up to a higher tier because I'm kind of shocked that you are so neutral on this because I'm, it is yeah. so... This is something that I feel is so. Or, or, it, it gets such a reaction out of me. There's a reason that, like I said earlier, I've watched this for the ten billionth time. I think I watch this movie once every like eight months or something like that.
0: I, I, I. That's the thing. This movie leaves me disappointed. If
1: anything, that's like crazy. I said.
0: <laughs> Capri's son left in the sun for twenty years. That's. That's probably my. It reminds me of like I left something like a toy like in the dirt. <laughs> I went back to it and I'm like, oh. Oh, it's like, it's fine. Like, it's there. Like, it's sun bleached. Like, everything technically works. It's got some, like, sand in its joints. <laughs> like, like, it, like it's, it, at its core, it's there. Well, but, well, like, beyond that, I'm like, I have no interest. Like, I've grown beyond this.
1: Maybe maybe here's a question. Something I wanted to get on uh, on the topic of in this discussion is, you know, of course, we're, we don't want to just fall into the trap. I think Zach and I both agree about talking about what we thought was funny, even though I wanted to kick this episode off with a bang, and the goddamn Wayne Knight acknowledging Gloria Allred is wonderfully fantastic to me. I think that there is a level of, in this movie and in more modern you know, TV shows that maybe Zach's not as familiar with, you're watching people be horrendously bad. You are watching them diving into the amoral compasses of their life. And I, I think that something that I really like about this movie is in conjunction or maybe a, a sister pairing with why I like the TV show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia so much. Zach, have you ever watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia?
0: Like 10 plus years ago, and I gave up on that very, very early.
1: Okay, th- that might be a thing that you know you and I, Zach, get into in the differences that we have. I want to watch people be unreconcilably evil. I love that. I love people but that's, going— But
0: that's—okay, I don't mind—I don't mind—that's the thing, though. No. I don't mind that— like, like that's not my problem with this movie. I just think a lot of the jokes, like, like there's no breathing room. for Well, anybody. no,
1: no, no. C- that that's fair. That, I don't. I don't think I'm talking about that specifically. I'm talking about that that the base attraction to me in this movie is how you have the germ of you could get two million dollars, and that's you know happens at what the 12 or 13 minute mark. In that previous 13 to 15 minutes, all of our characters are established with a bad trait that they continually fall down the rabbit hole of achieving to get this two million dollars there's a great i'm not saying it's a i'm not saying this is a monkey bone that really fleshes out any great ideas but there's great germs of ideas in rat race on a thematic level of the, the conceit of the movie being that randomly chosen humans will completely dive into the worst parts of their personality for money and I really but like But that's that.
0: but that's the thing though, is that like I don't think it's their like you see all of their worst traits before the money plot is introduced.
1: Well that's what I'm saying, that everybody has these terrible traits and they get amplified over and over and over throughout they, the movie. Are
0: are they though? Absolutely. Like, okay, you have Seth Green and his brother. And they're more or less like this, like we, like as soon as we meet them, they're the same throughout the entire movie until everybody's like weird change of heart, like at the all star. Okay, or like you bring up concert.
1: well one, yes, you just brought up the weakest example of what I'm trying to say. I want to reiterate that I don't think this is a fully fleshed out thematic idea, a la Monkey Bone or anything like that, but but you know you have. The brothers – I, I don't know their names. I think Blaine and Slane or something like that. The brothers are con artists. They continue to be con artists until one of them falls in love because he saw boobs and one of them is convinced by his brother that he saw boobs. And thats that's not the place to sit on this movie. I'm thinking more of the – uh, Lanai Chapman, Whoopi Goldberg's you know long-lost daughter in this movie, she starts as the one who is very uptight and business-oriented and wants things done, and that's how she feels about this. She wants things done. You're thinking of Meyer, who wants, you know, he's never broken a rule, but he wants that spice of life. That spice of life comes to him in grandiose ways when he meets up with Amy Smart, who's playing a character named Tracy Fawcett. Her last name is Fawcett. That's ridiculous to me. Those are the things about this movie is that we follow so many characters that have these germs spread ever so slightly. Once again, don't get me wrong, Zach. I'm not saying this is a masterpiece, but they're spread ever so slightly throughout the 100 minutes of this movie.
0: Folks, be prepared for one of these cinema, these discussions where Rob will go on like like a monologue for like five minutes, and I'll be like, okay. <laughs> because this is the worst type of movie. I'm indifferent toward it. Like, have like, I ruined
1: the podcast after telling you I liked Cruella? Are we still no. reeling over that?
0: <laughs> no, the thing about Cruella is that I think Cruella is like everything that's wrong with filmmaking these days. Because, like, it's the big blockbuster machine. Ah, yeah. Just yes, throw away. Yes. It's, it's bloated. It's just, like, it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's everything that's wrong with Hollywood. Cruella. And, of course, it's Zach like... is
1: incorrect because Zach does not have the music industry knowledge that is needed to appreciate Cruella. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rob is the Bigfoot hunter going into the woods, and every time he hears a twig snap, thinks it's Bigfoot. So, like, if he if he oh. wants to see what he thinks is there, that's fine. I like that analogy.
1: I really like that analogy.
0: That's fine. If I, I if somebody genuinely enjoys something, I will never take it away from them. But it comes down to also you have to also call a spade a spade. Nobody making that movie at Disney. That was their intent. If they back – again, it goes back to my Rise of Skywalker like argument. Is that like most Star Wars fans will look at that movie as abj- – like, again, I acknowledge the Rise of Skywalker is objectively a subpar movie.
1: A car with subge- square wheels as we've talked about.
0: Yeah. Indi- indeed. But subjectively, I think it's unintentionally brilliant in what it – I think it accomplishes unintentionally. And that is what it is. Ra- Corella is Rob's Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> And that's well, the thing, but like, where at least I feel passionate about like disseminating and like arguing over the merits of like contemporary cinema. I do not feel that sort of way about Rat Race. Rat Race is a movie nobody cares about, regardless of what Rob Rye says. Nothing is going to move the dial. On this
1: I'm movie. I'm glad you related it back to Rat Race, uh, which I want to get to one before that. Uh, I would I think what you said should be my epitaph uh, on my headstone: the in, the the carving on my headstone should be cruella is rob's rise of skywalker <laughs> but no i mean that i think that leads to the question is do you think this germ of an idea that i presented about the the diving into you know uh, d- distraught moral compass and the worst parts of personalities do you think that what's that's what jerry zucker in this movie was going for cuz i do i don't think so
0: I don't think so. Well, well do think you it, think this think was going to be
1: it's... just Zucker going off and saying, "Hey, Goofy Airplane." Cause yes. Of course, Zaz, yes. we have, you know, Airplane, yes. Top Secret. I I don't really like Airplane. I love Top Secret. That's one of the cinema, these lost episodes that got cut because Zach and I had to discuss Tenet. Um, but I I honestly believe there's there's that certain level of care in this movie, do you not?
0: I don't think so. I think I, I let, me, let me rephrase this. I'm not saying this film was just kind of made like Oh God, like throwing a bowling ball down like the alley and just seeing like, sure. oh, let's eat. and letting the bumpers guide it towards success. I don't think it's that bad. There's a level. No, I think there's a level of effort here. Um, I don't think it's mindless, but I think there's just, there's just like too much of doing what's again. It's like Gloria Allred. It's like, why is she here? Because it's, it's like, oh, it's a funny gag. Okay. And I feel like that they, they let their thing of like funny gag kind of just dictate where things were going it's like the like the bunch of Lucy's going to the Lucille ball convention <laughs> oh my god and you want like, to talk about that...
1: the incarnation of chaos when the bus well, tips over and all the Lucy's yes. start crying <laughs> That is literally the moment where I'm like, "This is it. This is this is the eyes of Satan." <laughs>
0: I know, I know, and that's the thing is that like we're raw. Like I can appreciate the insanity of that, but like that, like a bunch of just random moments like that to me do not make an enjoyable experience.
1: That's kind of the the big thing that we're we're talking about is may, maybe to get back at something that I haven't um you know picked the scab of for a while. This comes across as a Kentucky Fried Movie and uh, you know Amazon Women on the Moon. This is almost a sketch comedy film, save for the intro and the outro, right? Yeah,
0: no, yeah, I, 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 w- I again, I wouldn't. Ugh, Rob and I, it's weird. It's, it's. Oh god, earlier today, I was thinking about like all the times that, like Rob has like blindsided me <laughs> with like his weird, this like gerrymandering of like where the like the genres of things come and fall, and it reminded me of what he did like very early on in the podcast history with uh perfect hair forever he's like zach we're gonna do anime i'm like rob this is like adult (laughs) swim nonsense and he's like, yeah, I know, but like, I kind of like lied to you so I could get what I wanted. I'm like, Perfect I Hair Do Forever
1: this. is a parody of foreign anime. It was very but important to find that series. It's not anime, it's not anime though. It doesn't count. It should be going a well, parody series. Today. That might be a whole other discussion when we revisit Perfect Hair Forever. Tune in next week. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh,
0: I will not be involved in that discussion.
1: Um, <laughs> but no, but this is, this is the point. Hamburgers must be high. <laughs> I don't, know, the point. I don't know how much Zach remembers from Perfect Hair Forever. I don't know why I make references of that to him.
0: <laughs> but this is the point, though, is that with Rat Race, is that, like, sure, you could say that, like, it has little vignettes, and that's the thing, but, like, that does not make a cohesive movie. Well, no. Vigne- you're, you're disconnected not vignettes wrong. do not make it. Because, like, there's parts in this movie where, like, we'll jump around from
1: character to character,
0: and we'll just completely abandon certain characters for almost, like, a quarter to a third of the runtime. Okay, run
1: time. no. We abandon them for a good reason. The reason that we don't see Rowan Atkinson's character for so long is because he's just asleep. What do you want? Do you want to cut back to him asleep because he's narcoleptic? This is the thing that I see this is solid okay, sketch but, comedy but look, because it's more look, that, interlinked. Oh my, God,
3: oh, my God.
0: But, okay... That is the lowest hanging fruit example of just abandoning characters. But there'll be parts with, like, Whoopi and her daughter that, like, we just will disappear from them from like for, like, 20 minutes. Because they're and driving! Then, like,
1: they're following driving directions!
0: That, then guess what? Then you change the script to make it more interesting. You don't need have, to like, change it to instead, be
1: more interesting when you have this many characters to deal with. Need,
0: but that's the problem, though. They shouldn't have had this many characters. They should have condensed it from, like, a dozen to, like, eight.
1: Oh, no. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. The reason that this movie works on the intro and the outro is because there's so many characters. For me, of course. Absolutely not.
0: I think it detracts from the overall, like... Are you telling... Are you... Cohesive being a major, like, word when it comes to the problems of this movie.
1: Are you telling me that you don't love the fact that they deal with so many characters in such a way that it makes you forget what characters you're missing, and when they do a hard cut to Cuba Gooding Jr. walking around naked in the desert, it's not the funniest fucking thing. That's the glory of this movie, is that it makes you forget what you're missing. And when they cut back to it, you're enthralled in that idea. Rob's like, the best part of this movie is about how lazy and disjointed it is. It's like, that's... Lazy? No. I do not agree with you there. Disjointed works to its advantage.
0: Rob's like... When you go to order like a Whopper and they forget to put like a patty is a good thing because you're allergic to beef. No, 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 no. no, no. That's 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 a different type of
1: disjointed because you're looking for a full package when you get the Whopper. I take Rat Race as an experience, as like a, a haunted house ride. There would be Rob's a different like, story. Oh, are you just happy
0: you got a rapper with a bun? You no, just happy that, no. That, that you got yeah, a that's a package. bad
1: analogy, Zach. I'm talking about the fact that what you're saying to me sounds like, oh, I went on an amusement park ride and I did the thing where I'm just stopped for two minutes. That's not what this movie is. This movie is a constant thrill ride. It's a roller coaster.
0: Yeah, but, like, all the, like, little, it's like a roller coaster, but, like, the hot, like, what,
1: the steepest incline is, like, 15 degrees. Uh, uh, that That's another thing where I think we fundamentally disagree. I think this movie is the embodiment of chaos, like I've said, which makes me think we're going through loop-de-loops.
0: I, I, but that's the thing, is that, like, it's just, I wouldn't mind the chaos if at least the characters were, like, we had some, like, breathing room with the characters. But even when we do get those moments with them... It's not interesting. Like every
1: character is just either awkward or just unamusing. See that that's that's once again where we disagree. It's I don't think it's about the characters. I think it's about the caricature of the characters. There's a reason that, you know But how
0: do you do a character without like a baseline?
1: No, I the baseline is one stroke, and that entire first thirteen minutes is one stroke of every character. John Lovitz. Family man that wants to gamble. Breck and Meyer having problems with his friends, not breaking any rules. Cuba Gooding Jr. is the dolt. You know, we have all these single strokes of the baseline. I'm not saying there's no baseline. I'm saying that the baseline is so sparse, and the movie is able to play with them in a way that makes the comedy thrive.
0: I, but that's the thing though, was like, there's so much like wasted opportunity though. Like one thing in a movie like this is watching them kind of like the different, what would you want to call them? Contestants like interact with each other, trying to like, like the hijinks that ensure like, I'm sorry, ensue from them sitting there, like trying to like, like pass each other. And we don't even get that in this movie. Like the only moment we really get where like the, the contestants like intermingle is what, where uh, Seth Green and his brother, like, what, pull the brake line? Uh, uh, or just like Of sure. uh, 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 John Lovitz. And that's the thing, too, is that, like, we have all these little kind of just vignettes of these misadventures happening, and wouldn't it be much more interesting if we had them interlink with each other?
1: Well, okay, you're not wrong there. One of my legitimate notes is that this movie should rely more on a Rube Goldberg approach to these characters interacting with each other. Like, I love the scene when, you know, Breckenmeyer and, and Amy Smart are siphoning the gas from the cops and they don't get caught because the brothers are speeding down the highway. Like, and, and you know, um, uh, Cuba Goodings Jr.'s buses, buses crash because of the cow hitting the front windshield because of the brothers, you know, uh, interaction with that. I agree with you. The movie should rely more on that. And that's why this movie isn't like a 5 out of 5. It's more of a 4 out of 5 for me. So I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Oh, I guess I will concede I would to say that.
0: more like 4 out of 10. Oh, no. Four out of 20. No.
1: No. Four out of, I can make
0: it 50, Rob. I um, can make it 4 out of 50. Oh, who's
1: this? Who's this? I'm Gloria Allred. I saw everything that happened. Rob, you can sue Zach.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, one question I've always had for twenty years now, and okay. I want you to answer it for me. Okay. Does when Cuba Gooding Jr. is driving the Lucille ball bus. Wonderful. And the cow hits the windshield, does the cow talk? No, I don't think so. Why is it then that when the cow ca- this is both in the trailer and in the movie, the cow hits the windshield, they all scream inside the bus, then the cow's mouth opens, and we hear, Oh my god, help me,
1: please. Well, isn't it the dude the the handyman, the key? Duplicator. We do not see we do not see him
0: at all during those. Well seasons. no, we don't like see those him,
1: but but I'm thinking of there's a later scene when you know the uh we get like a, a car going down a road and we see the balloon in the background and we hear the same guy going, Hold on, help, stop me.
0: We okay, all I'm saying is the
1: cow's mouth opens and shuts. Yeah, because it, that- Because it just hit a fucking glass window. <laughs> it's a cow, Zach. What do you want, want a you- cow to just be like Argh. Like, not talk, exact- not yes. speak, not make noise? <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: I like how Rob acknowledges. Okay, you know what, Rob? I, okay, you know what, Rob acknowledges. Like, you just don't want the cat to speak, and Rob's like, oh, you don't know want the cat noise? I tried okay, to make a noise?
1: I tried to double back on that. I don't even think I can, I in in good would. graces, edit Rob. that out. But Rob
0: subconsciously acknowledged that the cow the, talks. The cow, Well, I will give that as a point. To, I will Jesus give that Christ. as a point to the movie's benefit.
1: Jesus Christ, you're right Zach. There's a cow that
0: <laughs> talks in the movie, which is inexplicable, but somehow not the strangest thing that well, happens. Well,
1: well, here's the thing. If you want if you wanna harp on this, how does that cow talking? Not make you think this is a masterpiece like the goddamn indoor raptor smiling in the fucking Jurassic Park dinosaur. <laughs> what the hell we call? Because that? one of these
0: is a billion dollar franchise, the other is.
1: Oh, not. you you and your money. It's scale.
0: It's <laughs> scale, Rob. It's scale. <laughs> also, can we please talk about the fact that like the grand prize in this is two million dollars, which seems like such a, like a like. Such a small amount for a prize. Like, don't be wrong. If someone were to hand me two million dollars, I'd be ecstatic. But at the same time, dude, like two million dollars isn't much of like it's... a grand prize even oh, in yeah. two thousand one. It's and enough to buy the... a dinosaur. <laughs> it is indeed <laughs> enough to buy a dinosaur. But I like how at the just another movie that just drove me nuts. At the end of the movie, they're like, "Oh, we decided to split the money." It's like twelve ways that makes it comes out to like like a hundred grand, like for each of you. That is like. Like no, like someone's dying, like when it comes to get to the locker, someone's gonna get shot or shanked. Well, somebody has a gun at that the, point. The ending South is that going
1: to shoot somebody. The ending is very contrived. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not denying that. What's
0: your? Well, I have a question. What speaking of the ending, what is your opinion on it? the fact that like it's a like they like what the bus like slash hot air balloon crashes into like what the moment like before we know what it actually is. Like just yeah. like this empty space, and it, then like it's the hanging over, turn over on. this empty
1: space. They're all jumping at it. They're, they 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 pull it down. They grab bundles of cash. It's revealed that it's the the feed the feed the earth you know Smash Mouth benefit concert that type of thing with
0: thousands of people that just inexplicably were sitting in the dark in silent waiting for the lights to come on to. T-
1: like, well, well like I can I'm kind that. of fine with that in the sense that I've been to many concerts and, and there's, a, there's a small window. I'm not saying this is perfect. There's a small window when the lights go down, you're waiting for people to get on stage. There's a very small window. I take it to be in that window. Um, okay.
0: I Rob have to doing, say though, Rob is doing mental
1: gymnastics
0: to try to explain uh, like the am, delinquencies in this film. You're
1: not wrong. I am doing mental gymnastics, but I have to say, if we're talking about the ending, like I said, contrived. John Cleese getting his comeuppance, you know, as Sinclair. And but you this know, is
0: the thing. But even going to the ending though, with like like John Sinclair, not whatever his name is, is that it's like Sinclair isn't a villain. He's just like he's like the
1: MacGuffin of are the film. You, are you who kidding has, me? He's not, he's not a villain. No, he's the who sets his all in motion. He's, but like, he's a, a, a be- eccentric tycoon that wants to fucking bet on anything. He wants to see it. how much does a prostitute cost to do the craziest <laughs> thing. There's a That's scene. Exactly. When funny, him and his high rollers are betting on how long a maid can hang on to the drapes. Like there's a deleted <laughs> scene where they're playing Monopoly with real money. Are you are you fucking crazy? He's not a villain. I t- he's, I would he's say, the most capitalistic no, villain that's no. ever existed
0: no no A I find that terminology very problematic on, on a personal <laughs> level but we'll get to that in due time when Rob comes to New York there'll be a very lengthy conversation about him that, that statement I find oh, that highly disconcerting no it's gonna be in front of my parents
1: too <laughs> I know
0: considering that Rob is so proud of the fact that the money like the podcast is like making money now yeah, yeah. I find that I find that very hypocritical on top of that on top of being
1: problematic well because but we any- release good content we don't Belittle people for the benefit of the rich.
0: Come on. Rob's like we're going to play Monopoly, but with pennies and dimes. Well, I kind of do like (laughs) that. With all the Cinemotis, Patreon cash. I I kind of do
1: enjoy that idea. I wouldn't want to do Monopoly, though. I think I'd want to do something ridiculous like Trouble.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, though, like, no, like, when it comes to villainous characters in this movie, I would say that, like, John Cleese's Sinclair is toward the, like, lesser bottom of that scale. Well, like Amy Smart tries to murder people.
1: What are you? John what are Cleese you saying? Do, do you want to compare? Are we talking about this movie, or Are you talking about the fort? Like, you want to compare fucking John Cleese to like Hannibal, or you want to compare him to no. you know Anaxuna Moon or something like that?
0: I love that you want immediately not to Imhotep, but to Anox moon, Well, like, we that know Anox
1: just... the real villain of that movie. When she runs away from Imhotep, she's the she's the villain. Anox
0: moon.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just scream
0: that, people.
3: Anox Suna Moon. Save away! Save away! No.
0: Oh, God. No, but, like, when it comes to just Rat Race, like, I would say Sinclair is one of the, like, oh, God, if you have your, like, D&D level, like, oh, God, like, metric of, like, what you're allowed to have... It's like, what, he'd be, like, neutral good? No! Like,
1: this... He's chaotic evil! <laughs> no, he's, so, not. Yeah, no, he's well, not. Maybe he might be neutral evil more than chaotic evil. The Fine. whole point is to to play with the emotions of pawns that he sees as humans for making money. But That's I, evil! But he's,
0: not, but he's not outwardly malicious or malevolent. Are
1: you—what?
0: His intent what? is not to cause harm. It's for I, amusement, not for not for evil. He's doing I, okay. I will concede that it's more like what would you call it? Chaotic neutral. I will concede okay, that. Fair. Fair. But like, I'd say the majority of the characters in this film are do much more malicious things than what he does.
1: It's like for his tries own to murder gain people rather than Andy, to hurt other people.
0: Amy Smart tries to murder people. John Lovett oh, yeah. drugs his wife and
1: kids.
3: <laughs>
0: One he of the best scenes in the movie. He <laughs> outside of a window. Uh,
1: drink up, Zach. How about this? Have it actually Seth at this Green, point in the conversation. Has, Zach, Green I bought you a milkshake. Drink it up.
0: Are responsible. Drink it up for the, like, injuring of a woman with a shot glass because they're trying to milk a casino out of money.
1: Um, also, like, they are committing a terrorist act when they try and pull down yes. a radio tower. <laughs>
0: yes! Like, the only characters in this film that are, like, decent people are Breckenmeier, no. Cuba Gooding Jr., no. and Rowan Atkinson, and that's it. Well,
1: Rowan Atkinson is an idiot. He's a bumbling fool. He's not a good person. He's a bumbling fool. I, I don't... don't... I think Meyer. the whole point of his character is to relinquish himself to the danger of the world and the bad he can do. And Cuba Gooding Jr.
0: But Meyer doesn't do anything bad in the movie. He literally does nothing bad other than just like he. he like what, the cops are coming and it's guilt by association.
1: Now you're getting into the concept with Meyer, which I think is another interesting aspect of this movie. You're getting into the concept of – if you stand by and let something evil happen, aren't you evil? But he, that's the
0: thing. I, okay, he's guilt by association, that's it. Because Yes, he gets, yes, when yeah, exactly. She gets, when she gets out of the, oh God, the, the helicopter, he can choose to stay there and say like okay as a witness to what happened but then he kind of just like he becomes guilt by association well but he's well, not also responsible to mention, for any of that of he, those decisions.
1: he's guilt by association because he is seduced by her and his own temptations and exactly. that's evil that's evil that's I one of the seven it's... deadly sins lust <laughs>
0: I again fine, but at the same time though, like there's also an argument made that like Amy Smart might be responsible for killing Dean Kane. Like I'm pretty sure she runs it.
1: Amy Smart in that scene, like I said earlier, is the embodiment of chaos, and she uh, literally probably ruins not just the pool and the house that they're around. Dean Kane and you know the girlfriend Charlene. uh, She probably wrecked a lot of other people's property, which the movie does not focus on.
0: (laughs) Speaking of property in that in that sequence. She goes like how that scene like begins, she goes, Oh, we're gonna take a slight detour. I wanna go visit my boyfriend at his <laughs> house. Right? Of course.
1: Yeah. Who wouldn't do that? You know,
0: that's not the point of okay. this. Okay. But you acknowledge that. That's what she says,
1: right? I'm just saying if I had a helicopter and Rob, I could fly it over Zach's house, I'd visit you. No. I'm just trying to say I'd visit you, Zach. That's all I'm trying to say. Jesus. I'm say trying say yes to yes I'm no. trying to give a lighthearted moment <laughs> to this episode. We're very contentious. No, Rob. I'd fly over your yes house, no. I'd wave to you. Say yes or no, right? Yes, it's 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 okay. not the best, yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: I didn't say it's the best. I just want you to acknowledge it as a plot point, yes or no.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it is a plot point. Zach, I'm just okay. trying to make us fun. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. But then what happens is that like she sees Dean Kane, her boyfriend. And some floozy in in a pool, which they say is a jacuzzi, but it's a pool. Yeah.
1: Charlene, yes. Well, she sees her Char- car first, and she freaks out but, before she sees okay, them together. Okay, you,
0: okay, whose car is it?
1: Charlene's.
0: Okay. Then, after Dean Kane gets in the car and drives away, which makes no sense, because then she says, oh, like, I paid for this car. Wait, what?
1: No, no, they drive away in the truck. They drive away in Dean Kane's truck, which we learned she but, paid for.
0: Yeah, but isn't that supposed to be Charlene's car? Because she says, whose car is that? That's his ex-girlfriend's No, no, car. no,
1: Charlene's car is the convertible.
0: And there's only a blue truck in the...
1: Why is he parking outside of his house? But, are... are what, what? What are you saying? <laughs> Dean Kane is- ha- owns the truck. Charlene owns the convertible. There's There's two separate cars. There's two cars. Yeah.
0: I only saw the
1: truck. There's two fucking cars in that scene, Zach. That's why Amy Smart freaks out. Oh, my God. That Jesus Christ. I I thought she said it's it's her truck. It is her truck that she paid for Dean Kane. The car she freaks out about is in the driveway. It's the convertible. There's a
0: convert. I didn't know there was a convert. There's two cars
1: said. in the scene, Zach. And you might ask, well, why is the truck on the street and the convertible in the driveway? Because if he's a philandering motherfucker, they're driving around in the convertible, probably making out and giving roadhead, and they're gonna park in the <laughs> driveway. There's two cars in that scene, Zach. I Absolutely. I thought she says,
0: "Why is like her truck there?"
1: No, she says that's Charlene's car. He told me he was her... She was his ex-girlfriend, and she freaks out.
2: I can't believe it. That that son of a bitch! That's that's Charlene's car! Charlene? His ex-girlfriend or so I thought.
3: Come on now, I'm sure there's a perfectly innocent explanation. She probably came by just to pick up some clothes or... Oh, nice warm. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
1: There are 100 percent two cars. How? Do you in that know,
0: scene. How do you know this, How do you know the pink convertible's her car?
1: Because we <laughs> learn later that it is Dean Kane's truck, and he's like, get out of my truck. Because Zach, if you're philandering around, do you want to fucking not have your hair down in a convertible? I mean, we've seen Spanglish, I, I think.
0: <laughs> I have not seen Spanglish. Rob, I love the fact that we actually heard you slap your leg in frustration. I'm glad that
1: that, that picked up on I'm, the mic. I'm glad. There's two cars. Good. That scene makes perfect sense that she freaks out because the, the fact that I've is seen this movie for years.
0: I've seen this for 20 years and I was not able to pick that up means it's a detriment to the film. I... As someone who is able to quasi understand tennis, the fact that this confused me <laughs> is a detriment to the film. I am deducting twenty points from it.
1: I I can't even argue with that, Zach, because like I said, I've seen this movie hundreds of times, and you know that's I have no memory of my my initial response to that scene, other than it is the embodiment of chaos. But uh, there are two cars in that scene, and she's freaking about about the convertible, a hundred percent.
0: Fair, fine, or not fair, fine. <laughs>
1: Fine. I like that. <laughs> Fine. A different,
0: a different F word. Not the ideal F word that I'm thinking about when it comes to this movie, but.
1: I always love it either time, whenever either of us get the chance to say, you're right, but I don't like it.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but it's
1: kind of like no contest. That's kind of like okay, okay. I'm not
0: contesting Rob's <laughs> explanation of it.
1: That was okay. That was hot. That was that was a hot take from both of us, Zach. I just want to relate the fact. May I
0: say this is not a good movie, and I do not advise people watch it.
1: uh, It's a great movie, and I think everybody should watch it.
0: (laughs) No, there are other movies. Go watch it's a Mad 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 World. Like you appreciate. You know what? Instead of even do that, just listen to the song at the end of Donnie Darko. Just listen to that. You'll be fine.
1: I guess the question for you, Zach, is: um, Have you ever seen? Not specifically, you know, in preparation for this recording. Have you ever seen it's a Mad 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 World?
0: No. But oh, okay. I imagine okay. that it is objectively better than this. Or go mm. watch Around the World in 80 Days. Like I, I that is also
1: a decent enough oh, substitute. Sure. Not That's the a... Jackie Chan movie.
0: Not the <laughs> Jackie Chan movie.
1: <laughs> the 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 original, yes, absolutely. Yes.
0: <laughs> Isn't it interesting that these movies kind of died out after the while? These kind of like, what would you call it? Like quest like what would you call it, adventure movies?
1: Well, well, I'd say quest and adventure. Um, something I like to talk about, you know, a lot in terms of video games and, and this type of thing is fetch quest. Like, you, there's an item you need. You know, we talked about it in terms of MacGuffins and things like that. I don't think the idea of fetching or questing for a MacGuffin died out. I think it died out in terms of grand cast like this movie has, you know? Well,
0: okay, well, okay, but like... Clearly, there's a very particular like mold that was set with. It's a mad, mad, mad world. Oh, sure. And then like, and you have movies like that, and then like, you kind of like come to the very end of that in the early 2000s between this and Around the World in 80 Days. Yeah, yeah. And I find it interesting, that, like we don't do that anymore. Like, think about it. Like, like, if you want to make a movie in Hollywood, and considering that like the mid range like comedy doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But just like, oh, do you like Chris Pratt, Aubrey Plaza? Oh God, Will Ferrell. Who else could you sit there well, do? Well,
1: no, no, I, I, I know what you're saying, but I don't even think that can exist because all of these, these stars want to be the leads. They want to drive a picture, you know. And I think a best example is the time of this recording. You know, we have that stupid, you know, most streamed movie in America, the Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt, and I don't think any of them would give themselves over to an ensemble anymore. I think the ensemble picture is dead.
0: I uh I don't think of the ensembles dead, but I think it, like it, in the vein of a comedy is dead
1: well, well, yeah, I i mm. ensemble
0: movies still exist, I think, in just this particular like like definitely in this sort of vein they are well yes, I, I wanna, also in general
1: the comedy ensemble is relegated now to Adam Sandler and his friends make fifty million dollars each, and the movie goes directly to Netflix, and it doesn't matter how many people watch it. the other ensemble movies that aren't comedies. Are laughed out of existence, like The Expendables and things like that. I, I honestly don't think this exists.
0: No, at least not. Like I said, not on a, a comedic or tongue in cheek level. I, I don't know if on any level.
1: Like, what, what's well, the last ensemble have, okay. movie we've you ever gotten have... that wasn't a, a, a direct to Netflix comedy Sandler thing, you know, Happy Madison? What ensemble are we. When I say ensemble, I think it has to be more than four people. If you yeah. have a two, three, or four, it you know, it's a two people is a two-hander. That happens. That's going to happen for the rest of existence. Three, you got maybe that tale of the third wheel type of thing coming into play. And then four becomes a couple's comedy. Like, you know, I'm thinking of Adam Sandler's the, the the Young Missy and stuff like that. What More than that, I don't know if it exists. It hasn't existed since, what, The Last Expendables? <clears throat>
0: Like, quick, like, okay, when well, I think of like an ensemble piece, and this is not like specific to the genres of comedy, like, you ever seen Margin Call or like uh, the Big Short or stuff like that? Like, the, stuff big short, like do...
1: the big short I've seen, I don't know what what was the first one you mentioned. <laughs>
0: Margin call. It's another. It's another. It's weird how these like. It's another like 2008 like financial crisis movie. Mar- margin call. Yeah, you never seen that. It, like has a like, Kevin Spacey. Are you saying
1: uh... Marwin call but mispronouncing it? <laughs> yes, Rob. I'm, I'm saying Marwin call. No, I've never it. heard of Margin call, but I have really? seen The Big Short. With,
0: yeah. With oh god, it has Kevin Spacey. It has uh, Spock. Oh god, I can't think. New of Spock name. or all Zachary, Lee, uh, oh god, Zachary Levi, Zachary Quinto,
1: Zachary Quinto, uh, Okay, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. yeah oh god, it has it has Demi Moore in it? No, it has, I've never um, heard of it. I,
1: I thought you were saying Marwin Call and mispronouncing it, and I was like, D- that's not an ensemble piece, Zach. That's about somebody who lives <laughs> thirty cram- minutes away from you. <laughs> 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 no, Big, uh, Big Short is a good example, but I think the problem with Big Short is that the ensemble is sparse where in these movies like a rat race like a, in it's a mad 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 world and the movies between those two you have the characters working together the entire time i think the yeah, problem
0: that is that is very negligible in rat
1: race cuz they have very little interaction except for the beginning well, well, well when i say entire time i mean the inter intercut and following these characters it all comes together well i think you know we've litigated this in the, in the last 30 minutes about how i think this movie is less disjointed than you do but to me <laughs> The Big Short. We have our main players, you know, Steve Carell as the I'm angry at you know people charging these these short uh, not not a short but poor mortgage rates and things like that, you know. And then we have Christian Bale being the autistic uh, financier in the in the boardroom. Rain, Rain Man. Yeah, basically. And then everything <laughs> else in the ensemble is just like a scene or two throughout. That I think The Big Short is more disjointed than this is.
0: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't really argue with that. I, but I think there's, I think, I think it also goes down to intent. I think when a comedy of this like scale. You do you expect more interaction amongst the characters, characters sure, versus okay, something like the okay. big short? Yeah, where the and big like short I is said, telling different
1: stories. Like I said, I don't disagree. I would have loved more Rube Goldberg or characters' actions affect the other characters. Like I'm not disagreeing with you, but here we go again. Zach wants to talk about intent, and Rob just wants a funny fucking movie. <laughs>
0: And I wouldn't mind that except the fact that I don't find most of this funny. It's it's the
1: funniest. I'm laughing this – is, this is legitimately one of the comedies which I've said to you and our cinema audience many times before. You're laughing so hard at one joke you miss the next three. Can we That's please talk about the fact that like
0: is. that in this movie they have editing where like a character will make a joke and then for the next like five seconds they're silence because they're actually trying to pre-program in. Like, like the laughing, like the laugh for an break.
1: Absolutely. Well, that that's a Zucker that was en- thing. You know, that's
0: that's that, that that a couple times in this movie, like that was embarrassing. Like I <sighs> cringed, and I'm like, oh, it's God.
1: embarrassing, but I can't say it's completely <laughs> embarrassing because they paused for me. I'm the one laughing.
0: <laughs> Rob's like, I'm. It's not embarrassing because I find it entertaining.
1: It, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, but that I'm glad you bring that up because that's a Zucker thing. And you know, like we've I think briefly mentioned, you know, there. Jerry Zucker, one-third of Zaz. Um, you know, they do, you know, Airplane, Top Secret movies I absolutely love, that type of thing. They break off. They do their own stuff. And I think they never really got past who they were as a team. You know, the, the two Zucker brothers and Abrahams, you know, they, are, they, they go on and do their own things, and they do very different things. But I think when they go back to comedy without their team, they have some of those problems. And that might be what you're saying, one of those problems, is that they kind of are trying to premeditate the highlights of their own comedy movies, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I can agree with that.
1: Um, uh, one of the things, speaking of Jerry Zucker, uh, he, he who t- directed this movie, he goes on to, di- not goes on, but previously, he directed Ghost, <laughs> the Patrick yeah, yeah. Swayze, Demi Moore movie, one of my favorite facts of Whoopi's all time.
0: From, that's probably where Whoopi came from. Like oh, in this oh movie.
1: yeah, 100%, because she, in 1990, for Ghost, she wins Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars, um, I'm pretty sure, Whoopi. And, and don't get me wrong, Ghost is not my favorite movie because it's really romantic, and I think Zach knows I don't really love the romance and stuff like that, but I have seen it. And Whoopi Goldberg's the best part of the movie because when you don't have Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost, you have fucking Patrick Swayze holding Demi Moore sculpting the clay, the very famous scene, you know?
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I, I don't I don't get it. I, I thought, Zach, honestly, we were going to come in and we were going to have another great freddy got finger discussion of how funny we find no. this no oh god I'm, no i'm, I'm no, kind of shocked close. i'm kind of shocked that, close. i'm kind of shocked that too. you did not see this as a satan's eyes movie absolutely no no
0: i found this as like oh man like good old like
1: eight-year-old nine-year-old me
0: did not know any better and uh like i said this is in the same camp is like it's not as abhorrent as the amanda show but yes. like it reminds me of like how as a kid i loved die another day and then i watch it <laughs> as an adult and i'm like oh god well, I'm well like... if i
1: could ask you you know because i as you might imagine and our, our cinema audience might imagine i could talk for hours about how funny i find these things um what what did you find funny because i i've realized through this conversation that you you don't think this is a complete slog there were jokes you liked. I would, I would really love to hear what jokes you thoroughly enjoyed or characters maybe in this movie.
0: But that's the thing though, like, like the jokes, like this is okay. The best way to describe this movie, Afro horse. Is, well, Afro horse is amusing, <laughs> but like, like, but like, like, but the thing is that like the trailer like killed that for me like I, I'll never again like that's like this one of the moments like you'll always remember from this movie. Um, it's the fact that like, it is such a very specific moment that like, it's kind of hard to forget it. So like the joke, you'll always remember that joke.
1: Um, Uh, speaking of of that, because I'm not somebody who watches trailers, uh, in preparation for these recordings. And honestly, I, I know that I saw a lot of marketing for this movie back in 2001, early, early to mid 2001, whenever it came out. And that really drew me to this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm realizing now, after an hour of discussing this, I didn't give my context. Um, I, I really was enthralled by the idea of this movie when I was younger. I don't think I saw it in theaters because I have absolutely no memory of that event. I think it was something similar to Uzak where I was uh, catching it on home video or HBO or something like that. But the the thing that I want to point out is is that I was recently talking to someone— Uh, It was maybe a month ago, maybe a little longer at the time of uh, when this gets released. And I was talking to somebody about Pootie Tang because I had just watched that in preparation for our episode about Pootie Tang. And the person that I told this to was like, Pootie Tang? Like, that's the joke in Rat Race that somebody watched Pootie Tang ten times. And I was like, there's no fucking way that happened. Because these movies came out the same year, maybe a month and a half apart from each other. And this dude was convinced that it was Pootie Tang. This dude that I was talking to was convinced that Brecken Meyer at the start of this movie watched Pootie Tang 11 times. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's not Pootie Tang. It's Afro Horrors. <laughs> and now, now cut to Zach going, Jesus Christ, why are you talking to me about this? <laughs> that'd be a fun tie-in though. One, yes, I agree with you. It would have been a fun tie-in, but how could that have happened? These movies are different studios. These movies are different actors. Pootie Tang, like I said, was one and a half to two months prior to this. That would have been a last-minute shoo-in for, instead of Afro-Horse Tang, right? Pootie Tang. Uh,
0: I have to admit, Puty Tang is definitely more of the, like, staring into, like, Satan's eyes. Can
1: like we? Can we please... Since Zack was not there for the Pootie Tang episode, which I, to this day, consider one of my great regrets of Cinemodities, that Zack had to miss that episode at the last moment, as wonderful as I think that episode is, and one of the most important episodes of Cinemodities, because if Zack does not know this, there is a legitimate hour where Ben and I discuss the... De- the sincere details of the Louis C.K. sex scandal can we please get Zach's thoughts on Pootie Tang in this episode please Zach please can you just give us a already, taste
0: didn't I already say that like it's like the equivalent of staring into like Satan's eyes
1: Wait, I don't think I'm recording you might have said it to me but I want to get it in this episode
0: Okay, this is the third time I'm going to say this in the recording. Pootie Tang is the equivalent of staring into Satan's eyes. Well, like it that, really is. That's
1: a soundbite. I was hoping you might give us more, Zach, a little bit of a tangent into Puty Tang. I,
0: I, I, Like I said, it's without making that its own discussion, Pootie Tang is just like sheer insanity. Like Louis C.K. like likes to jerk off in front of people. I can
1: either uh, okay, condone no, or condemn no, that okay. sort of Zach behavior. clearly has not listened to our Pootie Tang episode. <laughs>
0: Like, it's like, okay, like, I I, I don't know. Pootie Tang is just insanity. I wish there was more. I wish, like, Louis C.K. wasn't canceled so he could get, like, oh, God, like, an oral history on the production of that film. Like, Once again, Zach has
1: not listened to our Pootie Tang episode. <laughs> okay, Zach, I, I thought you might want to elaborate on some thoughts. Clearly you don't. You just keep saying Satan's eyes. But I don't think Pootie Tang is looking into Satan's eyes. I, as much as this movie is, this movie is more like that.
0: I, no, this movie feels way too contrived for that sort of, like, oh, like label. Oh, no,
1: no, 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 no. Contrived, I don't like that. I don't like that use of that word for this movie.
0: No, okay, no, Okay, no. okay, 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 I'll, okay, let me go break out the thesaurus. How
1: about, like, preordained? <laughs> this is the, the source won't help you on this if you're finding words that mean the same thing. <laughs>
0: how about that? I'll, I'll take one. I'll take a word that's not as sharp. Preordained.
1: No, I don't like that. All right. Well, you got to deal with it. Uh, I, it. I know. I mean, we're at this point. See, I, I just thought, Zach, you might want an opportunity to give a little thoughts of Pootie Tang because in the Pootie Tang episode, when I set up your thoughts, I had to put in Pootie Tang going. Oh, Rob. So, um, so this is this is one of the other things. I mean, which is why I kind of, you know, I would have loved to have you on the Pootie Tang episode. This is another type of comedy, but it's a very different type of comedy. Pootie Tang is centric around a character. <laughs> Rat Race is cent centered around an ensemble that relies heavily on sight gags.
0: But I don't think. But that's the thing, though. It's like Pootie Tang is avant garde almost. Oh, yeah. Like yes. inexplicable it is. This is like the template is there. Like there's nothing groundbreaking about this movie other than like specific gag, a specific gag here or there.
1: No, you're no, I, I think that's where I, I disagree with you once again is that the template is there, yes. But this movie relies on chaos, frecticness, and it's it's not just the ensemble, it's not just the joke. It is the feeling of this movie that really makes it work for me. The What in that two thousands comedy? I mean no i I think that this is this is not of an era of two thousand and one. I think this has been done before will be done after, but you know one of the scenes to this point that I want to highlight is when the our brothers you know Vince Veloof and Seth Green are trying to perform a terrorist act as we know it today on the <laughs> airport they want to pull down an airport tower, but everything goes wrong, and their car gets started to pull be pulled up. By the side of a radio tower because the satellite dish is rotating, and we get a great comedic use of In the Hall of the Mountain King while that's going on.
3: Blade. Blade. Oh, oh, no. shit, shit, shit. Shit. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm not saying this is new. This has been done before. It'll be done forever. I'll put it in my own goddamn movie because if you use In the Hall of the Mountain King comedically correctly, it's a wonderful thing. But that's what I love about this movie. The dialogue is just them screaming at each other. The glory of that scene is them realizing the danger that they're in, if that makes sense. Well, okay,
0: like... The, the, the antics of it are amusing, the idea that, like, okay, they're trying to do this very, very specific illegal antics.
1: act. Antics is a great word. Thank you, antics.
0: And they get kind of, like, what's the word? The They get the rug pulled out from underneath them. And I love how the radar dish, just for some reason, just keeps doing 360s just for the sake of the gag of it winding their, their car up it. It's like, why is the radar dish, like, doing, like, numerous 360s?
1: It's because like, in you know, the hall, the Mountain King hasn't finished playing yet. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. Thank you. Once again, contrived being the key word here in this uh, uh, explanation. Um, but no, like I said, like it's it's a fine gag. But like the moment it begins, where like we see like Seth Green like apply the break and it doesn't like really do anything, you know where the joke is going to end three minutes later. Oh you that's what i mean control. like i know like, sure. like okay the moment the break doesn't stop I'm like okay i know it's going to happen sure and that's the problem so, like everything is so telegraphed and that's why i find so disappointing that's why the jokes like the the sinclair thing at the beginning where he like just fire again. he goes like begin commence like and then he fires the gun and they mm-hmm. all run out of the room that's where that's funny because like you have that just like you're, you're you do the twist, and it's like yeah. not twist, but just like it's that nature of like any joke. It's like the punchline comes right before the audience figures it out, and that also goes back ah. to Afro Horse and The gringe where you have that little twist that makes that accentuates the humor of the of the scene. And that's my problem. It's like you have like all these jokes where like oh we like everything is telegraphed so far in advance. Even when we have like John Lovitz driving Hitler's car. <laughs> is it like oh. And it's just that, like you have that thing like, oh, then he crashes into like a World War Two like
1: reunion thing. A, a true Rube Goldberg series of events that gets him to that point. yes
0: sure. But like it just goes on too long. All you need for him to do is just go up there like I, it just the scene goes on too long. And that's my same complaint with a lot of gags in this movie. I'm so glad that,
1: you say that because I think we are getting at since we are in a. Uh, in a podcast fight, as I might say, an internet fight, uh, which we did not get with, you know, Freddy Got Fingered because we appreciate that movie. You are tying this back to what we discussed in our sketch comedy fort month. You think the gag goes on too long. I want the gag to go on so long it starts to hurt you. And that's what this movie does. It's the setup, the event, and the payoff goes on so long that you're almost in a loss for feelings on the the just deliriousness that the scenes create. That makes me appreciate it. That World War II veteran scene, like I said, the Rube Goldberg series of events that gets John Lovitz with a burnt tongue, a Hitler mustache from Eva Bronze lipstick, just doing the Hitler salute, giving the middle finger to World War II veterans, that's the comedy I live for, man.
0: <laughs> Fine. Again, this goes back to comedy being inherently subjective, so tweets their own. I know. Um, this
1: makes me think of the the Does Kid You Know, RC Cola. I remember very specific. I'm exact. this is one of my favorite sketches of all time. Yes, and you're I know like, well. why? You're like, why? <laughs> this goes on for four minutes too long. And the sketch is... <laughs> Four minutes and 20 seconds long. <laughs> and I'm like, because it draws it out. It makes you. This is why, you know, we agreed on Key and Peel. That Key and Peel is fast paced comedy that pushes things to the absurd, which I don't think either of us like, which it is, is very natural. It's like, oh, this just gets crazy at a certain point. I like pushing things to the extreme, the craziness. Because you've drawn them out so long that you were forcing your audience to think about them. The RC Cola gag from Whitest Kids You Know. You get the pitch of the sketch 20 seconds in. The reason it's funny is because they hammer it down into your brain for four more minutes. And that's what this movie is. Every vignette goes on so long that it makes you start to think about how absurd it is without being truly absurd.
0: In the words of a famous famous writer, William Shatman once said, brevity <laughs> is the soul of wit.
1: Uh the antithesis to Rob's thesis of comedy? <laughs> More or less. <laughs> Brevity is the soul of death, maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, Rob, you're Rob. Objectively speaking, like, you can do whatever you want, Rob. But objectively speaking, you're wrong, <laughs> and that's fine. You're allowed to be wrong. I that's love you my you.
1: comedy when it goes on too long. I love my comedy when it's drawn out, when it's painful. When you're when you start to hear the live audience groan, you've known you've hit real comedy. <laughs>
0: Patience, patience, patience. Exactly. Oh,
1: yes. Christopher Nolan's directed episode of Wonder Shows in the (laughs) Turnstiles episode. Patience, 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 patience. When you sat through that for three minutes and realize there's 15 minutes left in the episode, comedy gold.
3: (laughs) Oh, God.
1: It's a... I'm I'm not saying that I'm right or anything. I I do wanna make sure that everybody knows, you know, I'm doing this out of an opinion based type of thing. And uh, this might be the best episode of the Fort Year because we have this difference of opinion.
0: No it's not. No, it's not the best episode of the Fort Year is the either what the AI episode? AI,
1: oh, or, you literally took the words right of my mouth. AI. The yeah.
0: AI episode, or, oh God, there's one other really good one that came out of the so Fucking far. Fucking
1: Monkey Bone. Don't at me. No, no. Oh my God.
0: Hannibal was good. Hannibal was good. Hannibal is on the Well, to okay. Hannibal.
1: Hannibal was good because we also discussed one of the most important films of all time with it, you know? <laughs> Uh, it's either ai this or monkey bone uh well when i say this i, I might be jumping the gun because i haven't edited spoiler
0: yet. alert every movie in the four years the most important film we've ever uh, talked about
1: in the four years uh, oh no
0: <laughs> the four years the most important thing that's ever happened on Cinemani have you heard
1: how drunk i am at the end of the score episode it's not the greatest
0: <laughs> it's all right <laughs> Sorry, no one's going to no make it to the end of that episode, so it doesn't really matter.
1: <laughs> They're going to hear me impersonate Edward Norton impersonating a mentally handicapped ah, person yeah. and tune out. No, no, I think I think this is this is actually really fun because we have these these disagreements about comedy. Which I once again I want to make sure everybody knows. I thought Zach and I were gonna gush over this movie. I'm shocked that this was not the case. I
0: am so glad I was able to veil my opinions. on this
1: I when you told me recording. you bought the Blu-ray and you weren't gonna watch the Blu-ray until we recorded, I was so excited that we were gonna get into this shit. And then Zach's like. Listen, Rob, you know, next time you come around in New York, it's going to be close enough to your birthday, and I'm just going to give you this Blu-ray, you know? (laughs) It's like what you did with the uh, Inception shooting script. You're like, I'm having a yard sale. You want this? Because I don't.
0: (laughs) I forget when that happened. Oh, God, that was what, 2015?
1: That was a few years ago, the Inception shooting script. It was uh, only last year when you gave me the... uh, Two VHS cassette copies. Whoa,
0: whoa, 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 Meet
1: Joe Black. I, bought, I have no way to play. I
0: bought that. Specifically oh no, no, no! That was you. a that was
1: a better, more sincere gift. Not that any. I'm. I'm also not saying any I gifts that gives me. I spent a grand total
0: of two quarters at Goodwill for that.
1: Sir. It's literally in my in one of my rooms in my apartment. I have so many things on display. I have the uh, the few action figures that I have. I have all my road signs, and somewhere up on a shelf is goddamn The Gremlins VHS and Meet (laughs) Joe Black.
0: (laughs) And people see
1: this and they go, hey, you like these movies? And I go, yeah. And they're like, you watch them? And I'm like, not on VHS.
0: Rob knows there's two very specific meanings to those movies because, A, Meet Joe Black was split into a half-recording mm-hmm. or a half-viewing experience, technically. Yep. And when we did Gremlins 2, the new batch, Rob made a comment saying that my VHS copy was a physical cinemodity.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the closest thing that exists outside of the restaurant because the restaurant is totally real. Um, 100% factual. The the cinemotity's memorabilia is, you know, in – above my head right now in the room above yes. where I'm recording yes. this absolutely yes. and it consists of meet Joe Black on two VHS's Gremlins 2 the new batch on VHS and a crazy city gift card <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: hey, hey 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 it's not a gift card Rob no it's a point it card was... it's a point card
1: a uh, hey, dog hey stepped on my sneakers <laughs> there you go <laughs> So, Zach, we've done a lot of philosophical debate about Rat Race. I don't know. Do you want to keep arguing about this? Was there more problems in this movie? I, I have pro- Okay.
0: Every character. Okay. I don't like any. Char- okay. Well, okay. okay. I, I don't,
1: I, I don't want don't to don't jump the mo- into okay, the funny stuff.
0: Who is the most egregious character in this film to you?
1: Um. What do you mean by egregious?
0: Offensive on any level. Oh, like, Cuba on any Cuba level. Really?
1: Yeah. The scene when he has to get the bus driver's clothes is embarrassing. That stands out to me as the most egregious scene in the movie of her her placenta, her labia, the the amniotic fluid. What do you want my hat for? The vagina. Oh,
3: oh miss, you gotta help me. My wife, she's,
0: she's out back. She's having a baby. She's having a what? A baby. She's having a baby? And it's halfway out.
2: Oh. I can see the head. Oh. Yeah. I need your jacket. Why? Uh, for her amniotic sac. Oh. Yeah, her amniotic fluid.
0: It's all this gushing out. Gushing. It. The jacket. Oh. The jacket.
3: Give me the jacket. Yes.
0: And your pants. My pants. Your pants? Yeah, for her. You know her
3: placentia,
2: You know, and uh. her her labia
3: and cervical. <poonful growl> oh God!
2: The mucus gushing. It's gushing. The just
3: the, the, the hole. Oh! Wait! My pants. And that, oh, my hat, why, why
1: my hat? Uh, for her uh... vagina. <gasps> like, that is embarrassing to watch. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Rob. God damn it, you're a monster. I, I think, you know, Cuba Gooding Jr., because what? He is the, you know, he's Oscar the referee that, d- that made the Oscar winner. Well, yes, absolutely. It's also kind of weird that we this discussed him earlier in Pearl Harbor. Oscar winners.
0: <laughs> this movie I, I This might be the most embarrassing Wait, wait,
1: wait. Like, it's, it's Cuba, it's Whoopi, and... Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates who we, from Missouri! Who, ta-
0: who we haven't even talked oh, about. Oh,
1: you should have bought a squirrel!
0: The, one she, of also the... says, she also says the R word. Like, there is, like... Can we talk about the fact that, like, once again, another hallmark of, like, the fourth year <laughs> is, like, transphobia... There's, like, learning disability, phobia. Like, man, there's just, like... Well,
1: well that, the early 2000s kind of the, were
0: very hostile to things that they didn't understand.
1: That's about. kind of the thing I wanted to tie into Cuba Gooding's performance. Cuba Gooding Jr. is the one in this movie that gets stuffed with the gay panic jokes. Mm-hmm. I think it happens is it, twice. Is it is
0: it, is it is it gay
2: panic or well, is it transphobia? D-
1: d- well, the first one, when he's at the bar and he's like, Excuse me, miss, can I get a drink? Oh, I thought you were a woman. I am a woman. Like, one, that... I thought of that as gay panic for the 2001s. I don't I don't know if they had any other term for it. But when the other Lucy in the bus is a man, you know, cross-dressing, he's like, ah! Like, I, I took both of those in the same category of early 2001s gender-based jokes that don't land today. Even though I have to say, that Lucy being a man... Pays off fantastically because when Cuba Gooding Jr. is freaking out after the bus is flipped over and he's taking off all his clothes and he's like, this is not my shirt, this is not my jacket, these are not my pants, and it cuts to the Lucys, and all of them are like, what? The one who we know is a man smiles. (laughs) (laughs) And that would not be allowed today. Nope, not at all, not at all. But I think it's only Cuba Gooding Jr. that gets those gay panic jokes. I think everybody else is... Straight, you know, Breckenmeyer with the, um, uh, the two if you count Lindbergh, that type of thing. Um, you know, the, the whole piercing scene with the brothers in the car, that type of thing. I think it's just Cuba, you know, which is wild. And I think we should also say, just like in Pearl Harbor, isn't it kind of crazy that when all the Lucys are yelling at Cuba Gooding Jr., his first response is, Check me out in Snow Dogs next year. <laughs>
0: You're just obsessed with that, aren't you?
1: It's the funniest career choice anybody's ever made, Zach. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've also never seen snow dogs. <laughs> oh Rob, you jokester, so, are you? So so I'm glad you bring that up. Um I, I think Cuba Gooding Jr. is the most embarrassing. Would you have a, a counterpoint or would you agree?
0: <laughs> I think it's what Kathy Nanjami. Like she like I like she's just like like I, I I guess I think every character revolving around like John Lovitz's family is embarrassing.
1: Uh I I would agree with you. I don't know if I agree embarrassing. It's the worst part of the movie, the family aspect that he has tied down to.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: I but I I kind of like her. Of course, you know she's she's very famously the voice of Peggy on King of the Hill, which I have a very soft spot for. Uh, Brecken Meyer is also you know um. John Redcord's son, or Dale Gribble's son, depending on how far you've gotten through uh, King of the Hill. I dislike that aspect of the movie, but love what they do to them. The Barbie Hitler Museum is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> There's a puppet. There's like a marionette in the background of a few scenes in that museum that's just going, one arm is going up and down on the marionette string that's giving the Hitler salute. <laughs>
0: That is goofy. Like, that's a good like sight gag.
1: Oh, I mean, it might it might be the best sight gag in the movie. I, I mean, most set, most funny set gag in the movie. I might say, like everything about that. You know, even the fact at the end when they start to leave the tour group and the tour guides are like, "Are you leaving?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we have to leave to uh to, to, a, to a baptism."
0: <laughs> like that's like, like that's but they, okay. This is what I was trying to get at earlier. for our Christian
1: friends, to, not not friends, Rob. family.
0: <laughs> but this is okay. This is the best way to describe my reaction to this movie. I I don't hate this movie, but watching this movie, you sort like reminded me of how my father used to watch The Simpsons while I had it like on TV. He was just in the room for it. Okay, my father did not like The Simpsons, yeah. but he chuckled at some of the gags, mm. and that is how I probably best. Maybe I'm hypocritical. But that is the best way to describe this movie when it comes to me. Is I that like I overall bummer. do not like this movie, but I do chuckle at some of the gags.
1: Well, well, I mean, how can you not? One one thing, you know, d- disregarding our, you know, disagreement about the the hilarity of this movie. How can you not? I think that's one thing we can agree on. When you get somebody, one-third of Zaz, the original comedians in terms of, you know, a huge influence to modern-day comedy, modern-day being both 2001 and today, maybe, you know, a few generations removed, how can you not? I would be shocked if you said this movie was wholly unfunny. I would be shocked if anybody said this movie was wholly unfunny, right?
0: No, I agree. No, like I guess I like to go back to one of our favorite sayings. I wouldn't throw out the baby with the bathwater.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I like I said, you know, I, I think that's one of the reasons to talk about some of these comedies is the disagreement between, you know, how we feel about these jokes. Like, like I said in the episode when we did Airplane, uh, I got really lucky and I found LaShawn. Turns out to be one of my best friends. LaShawn had never seen Airplane before, and that's why that conversation is worth is worth having. I think this is kind of the thing where it's it might be more important to disagree about comedy than to hold it in high regard. I mean, that that's kind of why, you know, when we did Freddy Got Fingered, it made so much sense to be like, listen, this is an important cinematic feature that comes from a different universe and it's also yes. really funny. This is in a different category of, I think it's really funny, Zach might not find it really funny, and the disagreement on comedy is... I, I mean, may I be so bold, Zach, as to say you should revisit the sketch comedy fort month to understand why that was so important? The disagreement of no. comedy is the reason to discuss comedy.
0: That's fine. That's fine. It just shouldn't last eight weeks.
1: Uh <laughs> Wait till we get to the next sketch comedy Fort month where I want to do Mister Show again after having watched all the commentary I, episodes. I
0: still find it like genuinely abhorrent that like we did eight episodes on sketch comedy and did not touch on Mad TV, Monty Python. Monty Python now. needs
1: its own series. I've said that.
0: No, it doesn't. Yes, one it does. Be more than, one episode. Would be more than enough for Monty Python. N-
1: whole series, Monty Python. I'm no, I dead series. Mad TV. How? get ya, but we have, Kroll Show needs its own episode. No. Oh, God, no. Kids in the Hall needs its own episode. No, no. God damn it! This is the thing. Zach, this is why it it it. needs these, we need the sketch comedy fort month. Zach and I disagree so vehemently on comedy that it makes it a good discussion. And that's one of the, the best things about the fort month is when we disagree on Why Does Kid You Know and Mr. Show and then we get the the trailing off of the Amanda show when we go, Oh my god, I want cancer in my brain more than to watch this show.
0: <laughs> I find it fascinating that Rob says, like, oh, this is important that we discuss this solely when it becomes like something I'm frustrated by.
1: Uh, you're you're a good frustrated dude, you know? That might be our odd couple sensation, is I'm always like very happy about the things we watch until it becomes egregious. And Zach's always like, Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> Zach does not like being frustrated. Rob's like, I like it when
1: Zach is frustrated. Uh, yeah, I think it makes for a good dynamic. So, with that being said, unless you want to talk about any higher portions of this movie, I would like to mention a few things that I found funny. Is that okay, or do you have anything to uh, go,
3: go
0: for it, Rob? Just monologue for the next. Just 10 monologue,
1: perfect. Okay, I'm
0: going so, to go watch my crotch.
1: Here's <laughs> here's a here's a question. You said it earlier. You talked about the fact that the most or the best moments of this movie, were in the trailer. I, like I said, I don't remember the trailer. I did not go watch it for any of the trailers for this recording. Was Rowan Atkinson singing Respect while Chain of Fools is playing on the radio in the trailer? I don't think so. No, no, because you can't put that in the trailer. And that's one of the fucking funniest moments of the movie. Uh, yes, eat, eat. Find out what it means to me. Respect. Jazz beach. Jazz beach. Jazz. When Rowan Atkinson and Wayne Knight are in the car, the ambulance van or whatever you want to call it, the organ transplant van, on the radio, you clearly hear Aretha Franklin's Chain of Fools. Like the chorus, like I'm talking on the radio, you hear chain, 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 you know, that type of thing. And Rowan Atkinson is singing R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I, I, I don't, no, if if there's anything funnier than that idea like i i lost lose my mind every single time i see that rowan atkinson singing the wrong song just period on the bare bones of this somebody singing the wrong song to what's playing isn't that comedy gold sure oh god how can you not agree with me zach how can you not think that's the funniest fucking thing ever? If it's
0: it's not the funniest thing ever because if it's something I can just see like in my average day to day life without even trying, it's not that funny.
1: I that's what makes it funny is that it's so common, it's so absurd yet so Rob's common. Like, what makes it,
0: Rob's like what makes it so unique is that it's not unique. Ah,
1: oh, God, you might just hit the nail on the head.
0: <laughs> Rob's like <laughs> ubiquity is what makes it unique. <laughs>
1: I love that joke. Uh, Something else that is absolutely crazy, very, very Zucker. um, I was about to say Zucker Brothers, but, of course, it's just Jerry Zucker. um, When, you know, the you should have bought a squirrel scene happens and Whoopi Goldberg and Lanai Chapman fall with their car off the cliff, a clean skeleton falls onto their windshield. Like, no rags of clothing, no organic tissue, this implies how stupidly it might that the body that falls onto their car has been there for over 70 years.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: Because, like, it takes so long for tissue to, to, to degrade. It takes so long for clothing to degrade. And just the joke of a fake skeleton is wonderful, but in a logical sense, it implies that Kathy Bates, the squirrel lady, has been sending people off a cliff... For eternity, <laughs> I know this is something that you know. When we talked about in pre- preparation for this recording a few weeks back, um, you should have bought a squirrel was one of the quotes that you cited. That of was course. that something that stuck out to you, Kathy Bates with the the squirrel stuff.
0: Uh, well, yeah, because that's like one of the like, it's it's goddamn Kathy Bates. <laughs>
1: well sure and the whole thing like you said i'm not a retard but did you tell him like a shortcut you know <laughs>
0: exactly and i uh, guess though kathy bates and the squirrel thing again that was a huge trailer
1: moment as well ah okay okay I, I i don't really love that moment i think it's a good kind of detail in the the arc of Whoopi goldberg and lanai chapman i like it better than uh, breaking the speed of sound car I think that's, you know, one of the more goofier aspects of this movie, which I also fucking love, don't get me wrong. But something I wanted to ask you about, actually, is uh, something I mentioned earlier, the brother of Seth Green, you know, the, the two brother characters. We have Seth Green, who's, I think, a wonderfully comedic actor. Even though I might not like him a lot on Family Guy, I think he's a really creative, a really ingenious creative force behind, you know, um, Robot Chicken, something that I really, really love early seasons of. Um, do you agree with me that the brother of Seth Green, played in this movie by Vince Veloof, should have been played by Ike Barinholtz? And I think Zach knows who I'm. Ike Barinholtz, the man. Yeah, Mad TV yeah, guy. I, know I... Um, the, the angry boyfriend in our favorite episode of Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, where he is pissed off at women because he's a man, of course. <laughs> what do you think about oh. that? I just wanted to pick your brain on on that that casting.
0: Uh, I, I would have preferred Ike Barinholtz because I'm aware of him, like yeah. his other pre-existing stuff. The other guy kind of doesn't do anything other than just like yell unintelligibly into the
1: camera. Yeah, unintelligibly so it's, it's, it, is the best way to put it is because he gave himself a tongue piercing.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. So, no, like, like, I really haven't gotten a good feel of him. Like, so it's not really fair, maybe, but like, okay. I guess I'm predisposed to like Ike Barinholtz.
1: Well, I, Ike Barinholtz, I think, would have carried this role better because he is so established and because he has a more goofy quality about, uh, about him. And I think that's something that we said, you know, when, when both Zach and I watched the Vera Farmiga's sister episode of The Twilight Zone. Is it Sarah oh, Farmiga? God. You know, the... the... Taisa? It <sighs> no, it's not. It, there's no way it's Taisa. <laughs>
0: It has a weird name. I don't know.
1: I think it's maybe Tessa? <laughs> Formiga? It doesn't matter. I'll put in the after after show notes it correction it, type it, it thing. Doesn't
0: go, it doesn't goddamn well, matter
1: Well, I, I think it does matter because both the Farmiga sisters are wildly attractive, and I love them. Um, one's but,
0: like 50, the other one's like 12. It's the weirdest. And they're both like wildly attractive. If you have like a thing for like grannies and like underage girls at the same time,
1: maybe. Don't blow up my spot, Zach. <laughs> but <laughs> Don't be but, still but I, I know that when we watched that episode, When I watched that episode, I sent it to Zach, and I said, you need to watch this. The thing that we both agreed on, or two things we both agreed on, one was, oh my god, this might be the most offensive thing we've ever seen about rape culture, and two was, Ike Barinholtz is wonderfully, wonderfully acting in this movie. And I would have loved to see him in this role of goofiness, because I don't think we see him as goofy... From this movie until the Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele, right? I guess, but I'm
0: not to be fair, I do not know his like fill like, I history. Well, as well, well I the
1: the big kind of stepping stone I think we both know, he's the um the main guard of the suicide <laughs> oh squad oh, in Suicide God. Squad. He's You're the one he... who has to yell at Will Smith, you know?
0: Sure. And he gets like yelled at by like he gets threatened by Jared Leto.
1: Uh yes. And he's not good in that movie because no one's good in that movie, but I would have loved to see Ike Barinholtz in Mad TV mode at this time of year, you know, filming in 2000, coming out in 2001. I would have loved to see this character played by Ike Barinholtz where he's owning that, you know, infected tongue type of affectation, speech, all that stuff.
0: <sighs> Rob, Ike Barinholtz should play Mongoose in, in The Suicide Squad.
1: Is, are, when you say Mongoose, do you mean the animated character? Yes. Because that's Weasel. I
0: don't know. It's a monster. We group. went I'm over this monstrous. last
1: week, Zach. You you, you made me think of this. You made me Google it. I you said Google I it yelped again. I yelped into the microphone when I said, this is horrifying.
0: <laughs> will this episode be out by the time that movie comes out?
1: Uh, this is mid-August, I believe. It will, that movie will be out by this time. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know much about any comic book movie. <laughs>
0: Can we, Just... now considering that black widow is out can we finally tell the audience did we ever tell the audience what we want to do for black widow like like no. a year and a half ago no
1: we never did I, is it is this kind of you conceding that we won't do it because i really don't want to do it
0: <laughs> <laughs> the plan okay i'm glad rob finally tipped his hand uh what was it like god this is like what like right after the fourth year where we did after we figured out that scarlett johansson was dead we were gonna like, like go find another like, like spy female movie. The way you and phrased
1: that was amazing. So Scarlett Johansson, she's dead.
3: Everybody the in the audience goes, oh,
1: I hope not. <laughs> when are we gonna get Ghost in the Shell two?
0: <laughs> I still like that. Like, I, after Infinity War, before Endgame, they had like all these posters for the characters that like turned into dust it was like Avenge the Fallen yeah. and one of them was like like Iron Man 2 Scarlett Johansson before she got a breast reduction psych surgery okay. and it was Avenge the Fallen
1: <laughs> can I can we do a quick tangent do you know Zach what I think the best Scarlett Johansson performance is Ghost World oh no Don John
0: oh god that's not even a performance it's a
1: caricature oh no she's great she's fucking great that scene where joseph gordon levitt is like hey well you're checking out these sheets so i want to go buy a swiffer and she's like what the fuck is a swiffer and she's like it's a, it's a mop i can mop my apartment and she goes don't you fuck i'll get the maid to do that don't mop your own apartment and joseph gordon levitt is like I, I i like cleaning my own stuff
2: listen you decide what color i'm gonna meet you at the registers just want to pick up a few things and cleaning products okay well where are you going what where are you going Nah, I'm almost out of Swiffer pads. I'm just gonna pick a few up. So <laughs> what pads? Gonna... What? what? a Swiffer. I don't know what that is. You don't a Swiffer? What is that? Seriously? No, oh, babe, it's the best. You gotta try it. What do you do for your floors? You got those nice floors in your place. What do you mop? Nah. No. What do you do? I, don't know, I sweep it up with a broom. No, I mean to really clean it. I don't know the housekeeper does it. All right. Yeah. Listen, I'll just be a second, okay? No, no, but, 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 come in. What? I'm not going to go buy a mop right now. It's embarrassing, okay? Oh, babe, I told you, it's not a mop. It's these pads. I don't care. You shouldn't be doing your own housework anyway. Why not? Because you're a grown man. I mean, you shouldn't be cleaning your own floors. Oh, I enjoy doing it. Look, you know what? I'll call Rosa for you. She'll do your place. Who? Rosa, my cleaning lady. She's great. Oh, babe, no. You know, thanks for that. I like doing it myself. What, are you kidding me? Come on, you don't gotta be doing that. Nah, babe, she won't do it right anyway. You gotta vacuum my carpet a certain way or else it looks like. Don't over... talk about vacuuming in front of me, come on. Why? What's wrong? Why? Because it's not sexy, that's why. Babe, you're not listening to me. I like my place, okay? I'm proud of it. I like to take care of it. I don't care. We're not having this discussion right no, now. No, listen, there's only a few things I really care We're about. We're not I'm... talking about this anymore. She is so good in Don
1: John. So good. That's like a... That's like a Rob and Ben joint. Like, Rob and Ben really love Don John, and Zach is not that keen on it.
0: <laughs> that would be the first time anyone's ever said the words loving Don John. It's a, It's
1: sentence. a really kind of good movie. I kind of love it. <laughs> What the hell happened to you man? Like, oh my god, I so I fucking loved it 6 years ago, 7 years ago. This is not god. new news.
0: <laughs> god damn it, Rob. First Rowan now she Don is, John. She's She is damn wonderful
1: it. in Scarlett Johansson is wonderful in Don John. Uh is also great. But please continue, Zach, on whatever point you were trying to make that I don't remember.
0: <laughs> we were going to we were going to go like yes. find like a spot yes. a female spy movie, change all the names like, Nikita. to like Blackwood yeah, you know, if I'm Nikita, it's gonna be one of those. And we were going to do that and just like completely just talk about Black Widow, but just change the name. I talk I talk about another movie, but change names to have them fit Black Widow's like character list. And that did not happen.
1: Uh, I was really on board with that idea in concept, and when Probably we got closer it in April to of it.
0: 2020.
1: The the work that would have to be put in would have been insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, pour one out for that idea.
1: Uh, but no, I'm glad. I'm glad that you mentioned that to our audience uh also don john pretty good (laughs) yes um one of the other things that i wanted to mention i think we mentioned it in the pre-recording um you know you talked about a little bit with john cleese's entrance in this movie and and that stuff um rowan atkinson his response to john cleese talking about the end of the world repopulation thing the way he says his line. And I'm going to do my best. Of course, I'll put the clip in to compare. A joke. He told a joke. <laughs> <laughs> a joke. He made a joke. The way Rowan Atkinson says that has always stuck with me. It's one of those um Hudsucker Proxy, Tim Robbins going, "You're fired." I can't have every
0: deadbeat on the Hudsucker payroll pestering me with their idiotic brainwaves. Jason, I'm sorry, buddy.
1: An example must be made.
2: What do you mean, buddy? You're
1: fired! Like, there's a oh, cadence and technique to that vocal performance that always draws me in. And uh, this is another one to add to the annals of the Cinemotity's history. I think another thing I wanted to mention, uh, which we haven't really talked about, uh, Wayne Knight in this movie. Wayne Knight shows up for almost, I don't know, what, 15 to 20% of it as the, yeah. the organ-toting uh, delivery man, I guess? Can you can you answer me this, Zach? Something I, I was really wanting to pick your brain about, and I think I don't want to pick anybody's brain about. If you had the job of driving an organ somewhere, would you want to look at that organ?
0: <laughs> Probably not, but I'm I, also not Wayne Knight.
1: I, I kind of agree with you that if I had the job to just drive an organ somewhere, I wouldn't be like, let me see that organ. Like, I, I know what organs look like. I guess they're just lumps of disgusting meat. You know, that, that was very weird to me. And still, to this day, is very weird to me that Wayne Knight's like, you know, we got a heart. You want to see it? And it's like, uh, what state of arrested development are you in that you want to, you know, show other people what your job is, I guess?
0: <laughs> that, like, I, you probably read the thing, too. They originally wanted what, um, oh, God, what's his name? Oh, George Jason Ristander. Alexander? Yeah. Yeah, well, tr- yeah, yeah. Jason yeah.
1: Alexander that- was, was wanted for this role, and denied it and they got wayne knight yeah
0: so i don't know like I, he just seems like he's doing the newman thing like he it just seems like newman driving like that's you know like i love wayne knight i love his shtick especially like post seinfeld but like he just feels like he's just playing newman and like that, do they even yeah. say, his character's name is zach do they even say his name in the movie
1: i don't think so um the only thing i remember about you know, Wayne Knight's performance in this movie, which I, I very frequently quote when I am on car trips, I will say to people, You know what you're hauling? And they'll go, What? And I'll go, We're hauling ass. And they'll be like, Rob, are you, are you okay right now? Like, should I drive? And they go, I'm hauling
2: ass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's great. Um, two last things, I think. One, this is the movie that taught me what narcolepsy is. Uh, when I was nine years old in 2001, when I was watching this movie, I had somebody explain, probably one of my parents, to me what narcolepsy was, and that's why I know what it is. And the second thing to ask you a, a question, Zach, in the final scene, the, the musical number where all of our cast members are on stage with Smash Mouth, and they are performing All-Star, is the implication that John Lovitz is playing Hitler's harmonica?
0: Yes, it is a 100% that. Hitler's harmonica. Harmonica.
1: <laughs> what, a, what a turn of phrase, if I might say.
0: <laughs> it's certainly something, all right.
1: So, Zach, with that being said, is there anything else you wanted to touch on with uh, Rat Race? Uh, I'm so glad that you picked it for the fort year. I'm so glad that I got to describe i think in a bulk of this episode how much i love this movie how important it is and i think i'm going to gush about it when we get to our questions but are is is there anything else
0: as of right now no
1: okay well then that brings us to our questions and i'm going to go first i'm going to do them both it's not going to be a surprise Cinemodities. absolutely yes this is a great example of what i call looking into the eyes of satan and any movie that fits that category is a cinemodity, and as well, late night, absolutely, you better believe that if you want to sit down with me, and talk about, watch, discuss, feel, experience, be experienced by, Ludovico technique, anything like that, this is one of the top ones, I fucking love this movie, two questions, three questions, one, do you know that I love this movie, Zach? Zach? Two other questions, cinemoties and (laughs) late-night.
0: Oh, God, Rob. Uh, Cinemotie, that's going to be... Like, late-night is a no. Oh! No!
1: No, Zach, I will not let you say that! You cannot say no to the late-night for this! You Uh, cannot say no! God damn it, Jesus Christ. Okay, we're we're hitting this weird balance point of... How honestly do I want to represent this podcast? And how do I want to control the spreadsheet? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: oh, Zach, I'm... No! I, I I think that might be the thesis of the episode. I really want you to love this movie, Zach. I thought this was going to be one that we could band over and and just feel okay with. And instead, Jesus Christ, when I'm out in New York this summer, you're going to make me watch a Eraserhead. I want to watch... Rat race.
0: <laughs> that is a disgusting thing you just said. Uh, putting those movies on the same plane.
1: Oh!
0: Uh, little as Rob know that Razorhead might not happen. It's probably going to be more like Tammy and the T Rex. Uh,
1: oh, well, okay. you are, well, well, now you're speaking my language <laughs> with Tammy and the T Rex. Hey, you know, first billing Paul Walker as a T Rex. <laughs> Tammy as, or um, uh, Denise Richards as t-rex girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> all right. okay okay for let me somebody, let, yeah,
0: yes yes for somebody, I'm gonna say yes because enough weird is we again yeah cinematic, yes
1: it has to be I mean I in in all seriousness you know with how much we disagree about this movie it it has to be a cinemady it's so off the wall hectic and insane right
0: yeah it's weird enough
1: okay okay And you said no to late night, which is a travesty. With that out of the way, it's a travesty. We can talk about snacks. And this is one of the movies that I love so much. I'm writing down the jokes and all the things that I mentioned. Uh, I don't have a lot of snacks. I think the first thing that I want to mention is uh previously in our episodes we have included classic gambling in the restaurant we've included slots blackjack tables that type of stuff uh, as a quick pop quiz do you remember what episode made us include gambling in the restaurant what movie gambling of course Gamblin. movie slash episode oh god
0: was it uh, was it an episode i was involved with
1: yeah yeah you were you were here yep it was it was this year oh Oh, the fourth year? No, earlier this year.
0: Oh, is it a Rob weirdo one?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, love, okay. I love making Zach guess these things. <laughs> oh, how did he Martin Brest? And <clears throat> at, it was Martin Brest, okay? You've narrowed it down to the three that we did, Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> So it's got to be what? Uh, going in style? Going
1: in style. Perfect. When they uh, you know, go to Las Vegas near the, uh, the end of the second act, start of the third act of the movie, that is when we said we wanted to include classic gambling in the restaurant. But now, I want to extend, because of this movie, our restaurant, maybe we should open ourselves up to high roller gambling. And of course, in this movie, we see a lot of great examples. You know, the the premise of the movie, the maids hanging on the drapes, uh, the the hooker. How much will she charge for these things? I don't really have any specific idea of what we would do, but what I'm saying is, we can probably do some pretty amoral. Human rights violating things that we can get people to gamble about. What do you think? And specifically, we would do this based on people trapped in the restaurant. Oh, God. Uh, Is that a a yes? I think I heard a yes. I think I heard a yes. Zach is on board with that. Uh, So we will start hosting high roller events in the restaurant as we think of them. Now, secondly, I think this is something we both agree on. We need... Like, capital N-E-E-D, need. Kathy Bates selling squirrels in our restaurant. What do you think?
0: Not as a sideshow attraction?
1: No, I'm talking, like, on your way to the table. Like, I'm talking when, like, somebody comes into the front door of the restaurant and, you know, the host or hostess brings them or is on the way to bring them to their table, they get stopped by Kathy Bates and the squirrel thing and the nuts thing, and they need to buy a squirrel. What do you think? (sighs)
0: <sighs> why not
1: rob okay zach is a hundred percent exasperated at this point but please zach i have more snacks i want to throw it over to you what do you got for the restaurant
0: uh we should have some version of like board games with like real money Ooh,
1: are there any board games you're thinking of specifically <clears throat> what the fuck Did why did you just yell at me zach
0: Oh no! Try, no, I put the. I had to call. I clear my throat. I thought,
1: no, no, I know it. 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 You just straight up off mic went. <laughs> 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 what the fuck was that? Are, are are you that upset with me with this episode? This is like below average episode length. You know what, Zach? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, please. We love each other. We had a podcast fight. Oh, my God, Zach, I'm hurt. Like, oh my God. Everything Zach just yelled swill. at me. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Everything since Cruella.
1: <laughs> it, it legitimately did come across as <laughs> Uh
0: your snacks? <laughs> uh so like is there really any particularly good
1: food in this? Uh not a I lot guess of a pep- food. I guess a
0: Pepto-Bismol like Jacuzzi.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Pepto-Bismol Jacuzzi when he's asking. Uh, uh, the great, of course, we, we should also mention the great um, what Dave Grisham, who shows up in this movie and we the the wonderful line when, you know, uh, John Cleese says, this is my associate, Mr. Grisham, who is tragically born without a personality. <laughs> uh, I like that. Um, I guess Pepto-Bismol. You ever you ever use it? Is that a, uh... I,
0: I, I think I was given Pepto Bismol once as a child and I threw up. Okay. It did the exact opposite of its intended purpose.
1: I have never done Pepto Bismol as far as I know. That's an interesting thing. Uh, what has this episode become that we're talking about if we've used Pepto Bismol? Why'd you yell at me, Zach? I feel I feel disjointed now. Oh God, Zach's mad at well, me.
0: Rob feels victimized.
1: Zach's mad at me. I think one of the other things I wanted to mention, um, of course, because of the brothers, uh, why don't we do tongue piercings in the restaurant? Ugh. I, what do you mean, ugh? Ugh. Are you saying, ugh, oh, to us doing it, or, ugh, oh, the to tongue piercings?
0: All the above.
1: No! Tongue <laughs> piercings are fine. People get tongues ugh. pierced. What's wrong with that?
0: Fuck that shit.
1: If you want a stud in your tongue... So you can don't give... come to
0: Cinemati's restaurant.
1: No, come to Cinemati's restaurant. We will <laughs> we will stud your tongue so you can lick out the girl of your choice and give her that icy cold disgusting feeling. <laughs> I th- I think that's fine.
0: <laughs> that was the weirdest like anti endorsement I've ever heard in my life. Uh,
1: that was a, I was doing a goof. I know you're not happy with me, Zach, but I was doing a goof. Um, I uh, I had my licked by a please stop with a please stop
0: please stop, please stop. Please I'm gonna stop. cut this out don't worry please Zach stop. I'm telling you please this because stop. we're
1: friends bad touch it was bad <laughs> it, I did not like it <laughs> what else you gotta have snacks Zach come on snack me up you're the snack master what what okay
0: what is it like drugging somebody's milkshake <laughs> okay Perfect! Sleep
1: X and milkshakes! Look at that, Zach. That's, snack that's master. a crime, though! Is it? Well. Risco Hargate is not going to approve. Don't you dare come at me with the idea that things in our restaurant should not be included now because they're a crime. We are three years deep in the restaurant. The fucking restaurant is a crime! <laughs> <laughs> we're fucking killing people left and right or and or taking pictures of them to turn them into food and or trapping them forever why are you saying now that being a crime is a problem
0: cause it's a realistic crime it's not oh, a cinematic it's God. not a cinematic crime
1: a cinematic it's, like, it's, it's I, not I think a crime wanna, commodity I, I, you just took the words that I'm a, crime commodity I think that's what I was about <laughs> to say uh, the last snack that I had was not really a snack, but a, a hosting thing. Uh, the, the next or one of the next in the future of this uh, release of this episode, we should host the I Love Lucy convention. Oh, boy. Because you better believe that in our restaurant, I want people to sit down and maybe, you know, order onion rings or order something as an appetizer, and in the very far distance, they hear,
3: Wah!
0: oh god
1: well with that being said zach do you have any other snacks anything for the restaurant can
0: we have can we have like oh god uh what would you call it? like what's it called now they have it like the rooms where you beat up things like it's the uh
1: oh oh the uh, the anger management rooms where you break sure. glasses yeah, is that what you're talking sure. about yeah, yeah yeah
0: can we have that but have like those like a like karate like upper torso dummies not karate but like self-defense dummies but they like they're dressed up as like the members of Smash Mouth and because like beat them with like like I don't know like a bat or like what? a ball-peen hammer you, or a 2 by 4 with a nail Smash through it. Smash Mouth. Cuz we have to kill all Star-Off. Whoa. Can we can we hire can we hire oh god what's his name? Oh my god, I can't oh my god what's his name? Who are you thinking of? Oh god. The lead singer? Uh, no, not from Smash Mouth. Our friend from uh, oh god House 2 the Second Story. What?
1: Bill Maher, <laughs> what what are you it's saying to me right now? Who do you want to beat up? No, 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 no.
0: I won't beat up fast enough, but that's that's tangentially related. Okay, you,
1: so so you want to May, lay a roundhouse name? kick Ham. to his
0: name is Ham from Toy Story.
1: John Ratzenberger. But John Ratzenberger? what the. F- Look, you gave me the worst fucking hints for that I thought you were talking about Smash Mouth I was like Steve Harwell, Greg Camp The members of Smash Mouth And now, Zach's I like wa- no 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 <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to hire John Ratzenberger From house to the second story To find out like the weird sort of like Like oh god Evil that Smouth, Smash Mouth has done That's made them so pervasive in today's Bill
1: Maher <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to hire him to go and track down like the like like I don't know like <laughs> cursed amulet that somehow gave Smash Mouth the power to
1: adore. Oh, Jesus Christ. Jesus, the power okay, I to you. endure. I can tell you right now, the power to endure for Smash Mouth was fucking Shrek. And I agree <laughs> with you. We should delete that from existence. I fucking okay, agree with you. Ron,
0: we, should do, we should make a movie where we take John Rasenberger's character from House of the Second Story and we hire him to hunt down the Horcruxes of Shrek.
1: And, and Smash Mouth <laughs> All star is one of the Horcruxes. Okay, of Shrek. okay, you might have pitched the most amazing movie of all time. <laughs>
0: well, what would be the Horcruxes of Shrek? It would be Smash Smash Mouth or jo- Eddie, uh, Eddie Kat- Murphy? Je- Eddie Murphy, Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> Jeffrey
1: Katzenberg. Well, well, no. What what is Jeffrey? Does Je- it, what, he's
0: uh, the producer? He's the he's the K of DreamWorks. I, I,
1: I know, but I don't think that he counts in that. I think. I think we need things related he to does. the movie. Yes, he did. Well, okay, yes, he does. replace Katzenberg, Katzenberg with Lithgow. That's what I'm thinking. No, no,
0: no. Katzenberg. Okay, well responsive. then four, add Lithgow. Why? We're not just picking off random actors. Well, what What the Chris fuck do Farley. you want from me? Chris Farley. Chris Farley.
1: No, Chris Farley. We've already defeated that Horcrux.
0: <laughs> no, it's because he's dead doesn't mean his Horcrux. Nature defeated Time that Horcrux. <laughs> no, Rob, cocaine
1: defeated that <laughs> <laughs> As I, I think every, our audience, real quick, should know, uh, I think Zach and I both highly respect Chris Farley, and that joke was made in good taste. <laughs> <laughs> if
0: Harry Potter is taught anything just because somebody is dead doesn't mean that they're horcruxes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What YouTube. have we become? Is, then? YouTube, a hor- is YouTube a Horcrux? Oh, I don't think so, but I want to say yes because I would love <laughs> to cancel you <YouTube>. too. <laughs> oh, god. Uh, you, you you you're too good. We're we're too we are too good, Zach, uh, Even though I want to cancel you because you did not like Rat Race.
0: It's we're, Cruella, Horcocks. Can we kill that? No. Cruella is a
1: really good allegory for the punk rock in the music industry and I think everybody should see it even though it is two hours and 15 minutes long. <laughs> With that being said, Zach, all that's out of the way, I think there's only way, only one way to end this episode, the opening theme song, which is Rat Race by Baja Men in reverse. Are you in agreement? Do you like
0: it like this? I like it like that. I like it. You ever hear that Baja Men song? It plays over the opening credits of Big Fat Liar starring Frankie Nudaz and Paul Giamatti.
1: Uh, don't even start with another movie because we're done with this one. So with that being said, I think the other, only other thing to say is the next time you hear Cinemonides, it's going to be Ben Affleck's birthday. That
0: is the. And f- I will not be there.
1: Zach will not be there because Spoiler. Rob and Ben did it uh, before he could even have a chance to be joined in. It's pretty quick. It's pretty short. We pay tribute to Ben Affleck's birthday, but after that, we are talking my favorite turn of the screw. <laughs> Zach's like, "What the fuck, Rob? Stop talking about literature." <laughs> I can't read. Um, I just want to say in in preface for next week's episode. The, the main feed episode. Nicole Kidman, she's a hottie. I'm going to talk about that a lot. She's a hottie. Oh, I'm canceled. I objectified a woman. I'm done. I'm done.
0: We did a really bad, bad thing.
1: It's nothing but a fat rat race.
0: <laughs> oh, God.
3: <ekaan world> <mit> <influences of> the mother, the father, the mother, the father, the father, the father,
0: the father, 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 the
3: ¡Sea Rara! ¡Sea Rara! yeah, Rara! yeah, Rara!